Hey yo, hey yo, Wagwan, Wagwan, it's the Random Show, episode number 123, with your host, Agostino Zinga. Welcome to the stream. Big up everybody that's here. Big up everybody that's locking in. Random Show, episode number 123. Let's go! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lock in and join. Uh. Random show. You know the vibes. If you enjoy what you see, make sure you're smashing that like throughout the entirety of the stream. Links to me all down below in the description. You know what we're doing. Green Juice Warriors. We're out here. Green Juice Gang. Let's do it, baby. Woo! Yeah. Ah 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 ah. Let's go. Random, random, random show. Woo. It's me, me. Big up D double. Oh. Yes. Let's go, let's go, let's go! Exactly! Mary, you know what it is. You know what we are. Uh-huh. Random show back again. A little special one away. Midday flipping stream. Because I'm off from work, so why not do a little bit something different for the mandem? For those of you that tune in, thank you for being here once again. You know what we do over here. We laugh at clips. We talk about nonsense stuff. 
and we get it flipping cracking. You know exactly what we're doing. You know exactly what we're doing. We're here hunting, striving, living, living as best as we can and doing the best we can with the time we have available. Welcome back to The Random Show. It's I, your illustrious host, Agostino Zinga, and I'm so happy to be here with you today. I would rather, I would not rather be anywhere else in the world than right here with you right now for The Random Show, episode number uno, dos, tres. That's tres, dos, uno, uno, dos, tres, also known as one, two, three. Welcome back to the stream. Welcome back. Welcome back. I hope you will have fun. I hope you will enjoy. And if you do, do me a favor and make sure you smash that like button down below and let me know if you've had a good time. That's all I ask. That's all I ask. But yeah, man, here we are back again. Um, many things have happened in the news I want to kind of cover and get into. Um, first things first, I want to quickly mention um, that I thought was really, really interesting to check out has been this clip courtesy of no jumper that features adam 22 talking about what he's learned ever since everybody essentially left and said he's a bad boss they don't like how he acts and stuff i found this clip really interesting because we're getting to the point where adam 22 is little by little getting to the stage where he's starting to understand why everybody left he's starting to have the magic word accountability he's starting to take some personal responsibility for what led to the max exodus of all those hosts that left no jumper that was so integral to the success of that platform i still think it was avoidable i think if adam got out of his own way and stopped having an incredibly big ego and stopped being a narcissist and acting like he couldn't do any wrong and actually acted like a boss and a leader he could have saved that situation i don't think he could have got it wasn't as bad it wasn't bad enough that it could not be remedied he could have fixed it but because in that moment he was stuck in his ways he had his own preconceived notions he was doubling down on how right he was and it eventually led to everybody kind of you know running away and the, the platform being what it is and him trying to basically build it up from scratch again uh, based on everybody kind of leaving and joining all those other guys with their other shows but i thought this conversation he had recently on the recent episode of no jumper show episode number 203 he actually spoke pretty well about his feelings about no jumper the future and about how he maybe will address things going forward and i felt like we're finally getting to a stage where adam from no jumper is starting to accept some personal accountability for how things kind of played out so this is adam 22 speaking about it now i'm gonna play the clip for you but walk away you're turning your back right so even in a sense of if you don't feel like oh they're shading you and turning your back and turned against you i guess as soon as i say like oh somebody turned their back on me that just makes me feel like i'm taking the victim role which i don't want to do i don't want to act like oh like right. Right. poor me because i'm able to like zoom out of this shit and really like look at no jumper and look at the position i'm in and i'm gonna be real with you like when we look at hip-hop media all of the people who are successful who are at the top of their game right now in hip-hop media are pretty much in their early to mid 40s by the time you get into your 50s for the most part dudes are starting to kind of age out uh, i have nothing but respect for people like sway or big boy or whatever but at a certain point They've kind of like been in the game so long that you look at them as elder statesmen. Those are the OGs, whatever. But yeah. Charlemagne is like 45. Fucking uh, Wack 100 is 45, your, your man's. Uh, <laughs> Joe Budden is like, I think, 45. You know, it's like 
and and then you look at somebody like Ak, who's like early thirties, and you're like, damn, he's like hella young to yeah. be in the position he's in. Yeah. I'm almost forty, so from my perspective, it's kind of like, how do I continue to make No Jumper relevant and and have like a real audience? for the next 10 years. Cause at some point I'm just gonna age out of this shit, right? Yeah. So if anything, I feel like I kind of came out of this whole shit a lot more ready to just like devote time to really like caring about the culture and paying attention to shit and having listened to the Dirk album and the Gunna album over and over. It just kind of feels like I feel a little bit, I don't know, like, like one thing that somebody very wise said to me the other day, they said, what happened to, to you is what I've seen happen to a shitload of successful people where you become successful doing one thing and then you want to keep going and you want to like start to master other things and like get into different games and like for for me in a sense I think trying to do more political content and trying to you know like a lot of people don't even probably know who watched this podcast I don't think that's actually right. I don't think the issue was that he was trying to do too much while also running the company. I think most of the issue was his lack of interpersonal skills. If you listen to Terrell, if you listen to AD, if you listen to Duno, if you listen to Gina, if you listen to even the house phone, who's not the most reliable you know, um, witness really because he's got his own issues that he has to deal with. But really, if you get to the, the crux of the issue, a lot of the people, even someone like a Riley, um, Yuri's girlfriend, most of the issues and the issue and the problems that they have with No Jumper was the lack of interpersonal um, you know, um, skills from the leadership in terms of telling them where they stand, in terms of being clear as to what they suspected from them in terms of, I don't know, looking out for their feelings, all this stuff that is probably um, way more integral to running a company than people probably give it credence for. I know for myself, I haven't really run a company myself. I've done nothing of that sort. But I do know sometimes working in workplaces, if the work is hard, it's one thing. But if you're coming into work and you're secretly hating the people that you work with, it's nearly impossible to make it work long term. You can probably, you know, bite down on your gum shield and essentially um, pull up your big boy pants and kind of roll up your sleeves and work a really terrible job and make it happen if in, if needs be and bills need to be paid. But if you're somebody at your workplace that you really don't get on along with and every time you see them in the hallway, you're flipping tense up or your heart sinks or you just get really angry, it's very very difficult to make that work long term and i think everybody in that building had some sort of issue with adam personally and maybe they didn't speak about it, maybe they didn't vocalize it maybe that was their fault but i think as a leader he should have recognized that and tried to have some sort of powwow and a sit down with everybody to clear the air and to make sure everybody knew where they stood but what he did instead was throw out little subliminals he'd say little slick stuff on podcasts he'd probably say stuff slickly in group chats maybe on the chat call in um whatever it may be so he wasn't really addressing it like a leader so i think in the end when that happened the people that were there to get annoyed with when they saw an opening to leave they all left but they also knew that there was no saving it because they'd known this guy for a long time and the one thing they can know for sure was that they weren't going to get any kind of change in his behavior anytime soon because Adam is kind of the way he is and he's not really going to change but we're kind of seeing some acknowledgement of it but I think him blaming it on him trying to change careers and move his perspective isn't really the right way to go about it but I can see where he's coming from but I spend way too much time studying poker and learning about poker and playing poker and shit like that. We got to go play poker. You play poker too? Don't play with play. me. Don't play with me, Brick Baby. Bro, we could do that every night. If that's what you want to do, that would be. You want to come to the World biggest... Series with me? You missed yes. it. It was one last week. I do. 
Yeah. Yeah. It was one last week, my boy. I think he. (laughs) Court said I do. Adam, yeah. (laughs) Court's got to watch out, man. He's next on the chopping block. Court has to watch out. Court, you need to step up. If you're watching this wherever you are, please step up because you are next to be cut. You're going to be getting the same free jokes conversation. You're going to get the little passive aggressive bitchiness thing that Adam was doing to AD and Terrell. Please. Please figure this out, my friend Court. You are next on the chopping block, sir. You are next. Right, he bought in with like 2,000 or 1,000. I'm like, bro. Well, the World Series is 10,000. You want to play the main yeah, event with me, Yeah, that's what I'm like, yeah. And it but takes no, they many, said many that, days. They said that it's like, it was like bonuses if you knock somebody out. like Progressive knockout dollars. tournaments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah shit yeah. like that. I, you know what I'm saying? I never heard about that. It changes everything. Yeah, I want to. I, that is my... In game, I would I love to be to, the World Series poker champ because That's, all right, I was talking to academics the other day, and he's like, "Oh, I just learned to play poker." I'm like, "Oh my god, another thing that me and you are going to be competing on or yeah. whatever." But like, but, as soon as I, I was telling him, I'm like, "Bro, be careful because that shit has consumed shit? My, my YouTube yes, timeline." Look, my YouTube timeline. Okay, so Roku TV or is that Samsung TV? They have a World Poker Series channel, right? Where they play that shit all day. And I'm my also girl play online. so mad because that's I be in there watching, and she be like, "Why are you so hyped?" Also, I don't mind Brick Baby. I know he's a bit crazy and he has a you know divides opinion online, but I think in terms of no jumper, someone like a Brick Baby is a much better fit than the other dudes because he's a grateful you know he's grateful to be in that position. He's spoken quite openly about how down bad he was before he started no jumper, and also I get the feeling he's not somebody that wants to build a media empire. I think those other dudes they kind of saw their futures um, a little bit bigger than what no jumper was available. So maybe Adam has a point there in terms of those guys were always going to leave at one point because they saw the inner working zones of no jumper they saw how much money no jumper was making and they also were seeing how much money they were making from their own streams so it was only you know a matter of time before they all decided to kind of you know pour their resources and kind of do their own thing and in la they have this really they have a thing where they kind of don't like being under the thumb of the white man. This is still a thing there. I think maybe in other parts of America, maybe even the East Coast, they're not really that bothered by it. But I think the fact that Adam22 has one of the biggest hip-hop platforms in on the West Coast, essentially maybe the biggest, and all these guys are working for him. I think some of those guys never really, it never really sat well with them that they were kind of working for the man in that respect. So maybe the writing was always on the wall. But I think Brick Baby is the perfect person for them at this point because he's a grateful employee. He He's a good employee. He's going to play position. He's going to work hard. He's going to turn up and do what needs to be done and kind of keep it moving. He's not looking to build up his own platform. Like, like all my suspect, like even a flucker, they're not looking to build their own platform anytime soon. They don't want to get They don't want to get their own Spotify deal. They just want to be working really hard at what they're doing and kind of get it as a weird. So I kind of see what they mean. Look at people I'm like, are you don't man. see what he got? It's a whole thing. I'm like, oh. Yeah. I'm like, don't fall. But the only reason I mentioned poker is just to say that, like, I feel like I've become, like, refocused on what we're doing here, which is really, like, just trying to have the best possible conversations about hip-hop and the surrounding culture possible. And for a while, I feel like I kind of got distracted or I was just trying to take on too many challenges or whatever. No, it's not that. Your interpersonal skills suck, my friend. You're not a very likable person. That's something I don't think Adam22 has actually ever really acknowledged. When No Jumper started, I think for the most part, I can speak for a lot of people because I was a fan of the show for a long time. You tune into No Jumper because Adam got some of the best interviews with some of the up and coming, with some of the best up and coming rappers at that time. SoundCloud era, all that malarkey, don't need to go over it again. You know what it is, right? But 
no one really liked him as a person. He'd ask maybe some good questions because he clearly did his research. He'd actually go as far as listening to albums. So it was a refreshing listen to hear him interviewing people because he wasn't like Charlemagne or Ebro where you just turn up and he, they just ask you questions randomly they don't actually do any research on you they don't listen to your stuff they just basically ask you whatever meta question they want to ask so maybe that was a win but over time when people got to see his personality he wasn't the most likable guy in the world people maybe like Cam Girl, maybe Robesman maybe Housephone more but it was never even Hakeem Adam was never the most likable person he maybe was someone that you maybe admired you saw as a good um, you know as a good uh, motivational thing because he built the shop and he did his platform blah 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 but as a person he was never that likable personally never ever ever that likable um the same thing goes for and i think it probably even got worse i think for me i started to turn off from him a lot when he started to get into his porn man lane it was never really an interest to me it kind of always seemed a bit strange i know it's obviously a thing we all watch it and everyone's got interest into it but when he decided to kind of be the porn man content king and he tried to kind of you know seep that content into no jumper it kind of got a little bit too much for me and i kind of got a bit put off by it because i'm one of the maybe there's guys out there that like it but i'm one of the rare dudes out there who doesn't give a single fuck what a porn star has to say outside of the scene i'm watching i don't care about their opinions on culture i don't care about knowing about their family i don't care about what their feelings i don't care about anything i don't even want to know their real fucking name so the fact that this guy was giving them platforms and interviewing them and stuff and you know talking about meeting them and what it was like to fuck them and stuff was like fucking hell brother enough you know what i mean it's like you're I'm not sure i'm not sure if you guys have ever had this happen to you but have you sometimes had um friends because this is strange i've had it before and it's really weird have you had friends before who speak to you in graphic detail about what they get up to with their boyfriend girlfriend husband or wife and it's always cringe like they'll come back i don't know you're sitting down watching tv they'll come back in the room like fucking hell man she blew my fucking back out you know what i mean like oh jesus christ man, my legs are hurting man i was smashing all day do you know what i mean like and it's like your it's like their girlfriend or boyfriend not some random hookup in in whatever when you were going out fair enough it's somebody that you see all the time because when you go to their house you, you say hi to the wife or the boyfriend or the husband like you see them so it's like bruv like keep that stuff to yourself that's what sometimes it feels like when adam 22 is talking about fucking smashing porn stars all the time it's like bro just keep that content for plug talk if we want to if we want to hear it we'll go there but when i'm listening to no jumper i want to hear about the latest scandal with drake i want to hear about this new kedrick album dropping that's what i want to hear about i don't want to hear you fucking into what you know interweaving some of your own personal sexual escapades i don't really care too tough it's really really strange personally but again maybe i'm in the minority there and like i don't know after all this time i just feel i just feel happy and i feel like i'm able to sort of zoom out look at what i got and be happy about it and i realize that the people who left that's not going to define the brand when we look at it five ten years from now you know it's like because i already feel like we brought in a bunch of super talent no he's right it's not going to define the brand but it did define him as a business person and him as a leader i think a lot of people kind of looked at him sideways when that shit happened because they viewed all those guys as closer friends as they actually were i still think they were friends i just think they didn't deal with the situation well i think that can happen sometimes with friends friends can maybe let you down that does happen it doesn't mean you were never friends i just think they had no way of conflict resolute resol resolving it there's no conflict resolution maybe because too many things got said too much disrespect was had too many people were in their feelings yes but the main crux of it was that people definitely left or came away from that impression of the show that adam doesn't take those people took his host for granted 
kind of thing and didn't res- accept any responsibility for the part he played in the issue. He kind of blamed it all on Lush. He blamed it all on AD. He didn't understand why T-Roll didn't want to talk to him. Like, he didn't understand that T-Roll had loyalty with those guys because he knew those guys before he knew Adam. Like, very strange way of kind of looking at things that kind of didn't really make any more sense, really. But, you know, at least he's getting there, understanding it a little bit. But I also think, you know, in general, what the, the approach he's going for now, where it's just, okay, less about promoting these guys as individuals and letting them have their own platforms and more so turning No Jumper into just like a, you know, what Barstool used to be in the beginning, where you just went there to kind of view the content they had on there. Now it's kind of changed and everyone's kind of got their own shows and their own channels. But I think just having a main kind of hub where you can kind of tune in and hear these guys speak about hip-hop culture stuff in the background is a great way to go about things as opposed to kind of cultivating and nurturing their talents as bigger media figures just have them as hosts have them as kind of talking heads and kind of keep it going from there that makes a lot more sense haunted people and that there's other people who are trying to come in and everything and i don't know i just feel good about shit and i'm thankful for the opportunity and i'm not letting the fact that we had a bunch of people leave, like rule my fucking mind when it comes right. to what was yeah. this? Was this um? Yeah, fair, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. I completely understand where he's coming from, and again, like I said, it's the baby steps. Adam was in a place at the beginning where he was taking no accountability, no responsibility for the situation at hand, and now at least he's doing a bit of it and accepting a small. You know, it's not the best, but at least he's doing some of it. So credit to him in that regard, and hopefully, um, fingers crossed, they get back to where they are. I'm not tuning into No Jumper. I am subscribed. I don't really care for the show anymore because you know I don't really care for the host that much because I guess. I was in it mostly for the people that were commentating on the things and I've got them on other channels I can follow them Fig Munity um, what's it called um, Biggest Bros uh, Back on Fig blah 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 so I don't really need to tune into them but I'm still rooting for these guys isn't it? because I love a good comeback story so if Adam can um, revive No Jumper and get it back to you know maybe close to where it was before and have it popping without all the internal politics without all the egos without all the entitlement without all the greed without all the backstabbing blah 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 that's a win so let's hope it gets there in the future what are you guys saying here in the chat this must be a uk stream i woke up to p yes big up to the hotel uk in the house i'm here um he's a great interviewer i'll give him that yes for sure i agree um he's not even that great of an interview adam it's just because he does research the bar for being a great interviewer in hip-hop is all you have to do is research because most people most media figures in hip-hop don't even do research they don't even you know listen to your album before they interview you they don't check out maybe your most recent interviews and see what questions you answered all the time and avoid those those fucking questions they don't even try to maybe figure out interesting questions to ask you that nobody's asked you they do the bare minimum really that's why a lot of artists don't really like doing interviews because it's either going to be messy shit or it's going to be fucking redacted shit that you've already spoken about a million times so Adam just does the bare Adam just does the bare minimum and it gets him further. Um and you know, gave him credit for that. But really and truly everyone needs to kind of improve in that respects. Um people are saying here he made a friend network of porn stars. Yes, of course. Oh, I big up Natasha just seen you there. What's good? Said um, we shouldn't know the inner details of your sexual exploits exactly. If you know, you know what? I take that back. If if your channel is based on sexual exploits, and I shouldn't go. I shouldn't go there and be surprised that you're speaking about that sort of stuff. I just mean if you have a platform talking about hip hop, I don't want to hear about you. You know, smashing some fucking delinquent in the car park. I don't give a fuck. Like, keep that sexual content for the sexual stuff, and keep hip hop stuff for hip hop stuff because some people get turned off by it. It's just something I want to hear. 
It's like when I watch porn or whatever, I watch it for what it is. I don't want to fucking hear a podcast about it. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not my vibe at all in the slightest. Once it's off, I'm already fucking feeling shamed anyway. I'm, you know, great sense of shame, right? It's feeling me once it's fucking done. The last thing I want to do is hear somebody talking about it and pontificating about it and describing it in fucking excessive detail. No, stop. Okay, stop. Anyway, moving on from that one, we've got this clip courtesy of the No Jumper channel. No Jumper, sorry subreddit where it looks like court has been put on notice and for some reason he's maybe so zonked out he must be so high he doesn't realize what's going on he doesn't realize that adam is essentially telling him you need to pull up you need to fucking you know get with it you need to fucking come active and actually bring your a game to the pod because adam's clearly not happy that court just sits there and court you'll see him in a minute he's the one wearing the red hat he just sits there mumbles a couple of words laughs and giggles and that's it doesn't really do much and the funny thing about these guys who i said previously before they really take this stuff for granted they get an opportunity to make a decent amount of money just sitting in front of a microphone in front of a fucking camera talking shit about stuff they've seen on the internet and they can't even bother to just even perform and be a little bit of a character and maybe exaggerate and just kind of have a little bit of fun and get a bit silly it's all just you know dead comatose not in the mood type of stuff it's like bro haven't you guys ever worked like regular nine to fives haven't you guys ever worked in fucking you know um bodegas and supermarkets and fucking construction or warehouses because some of us have and we know how deadly that work is so if somebody gives us opportunity to make some money by sitting in front of a microphone chatting shit we're gonna run with it we're not gonna take it for granted but these guys do and court has been put on notice but he's not actually realizing what's going on he may be a bit too drunk to see what the vibe is but he needs to fucking wake up because if not he might be the next one fired yeah, that is. And I've seen that with you because you were trying to get Brick to talk shit about court on your stream. And we're talking about Brick Baby who don't seem like he really holds his tongue and it has no problem saying something negative about somebody that he don't like or whatever. And I'm watching Brick Baby in that clip and he's like really being as polite as possible yeah, while also like kind of acknowledging that maybe court could step it up or whatever but he was like so not trying to be a dick right. about it and not being like oh we getting into it we talking shit now yeah, yeah. Yeah. like i and i was very proud of you in that moment i'm like that is how we should handle right. shit yeah. <laughs> i was very proud no? of you nah, yeah, I, I saw that too it's, right? it's like it's like <laughs> <laughs> Court doesn't realize what's going on. They're speaking about the way Brick Baby addressed Court and told him he needs to step up. And he's just there, like, giggling along with it. It's like, bruh, he's bringing it up for a reason. Look at the little evil smile he's got on his face. That's what Adam does. That's what he's the master of. These little kind of manipulative, sly, passive-aggressive games. That's probably why him and academics are so friendly. Because they've got the same type of energy. These little passive-aggressive barbs that they throw at each other. But when it comes to squabbling, when it comes to fucking throwing hands, neither of them are on it. But when it comes to giving little indirects and little kind of, you know, insults here and there and not really speaking to people face-to-face, man-to-man. And even this, he's congratulating, he's congratulating another man for calling out another man on his platform who he should be calling out. If you're the fucking leader, if you're the boss, you're the one that should be pulling court aside, not fucking letting Brick Baby do it. Again, the same issues that are happening prior are now kind of manifesting in the same way. So maybe, maybe there is no fucking saving no jumper and it's absolutely doomed. But Brick Baby needs to fucking wake up, mate. Wake up, Brick Baby. You're going to get fired. What, what do you see? The, what's the future for no jumper? Make good content, like build out the best team of hosts that we can make the the content as as good as possible continuously and just you know have have a 
good vibe, make make everything as friendly as possible. <laughs> That's a PTSD there. That's PTSD. That's PTSD of somebody knowing how he fucked it all up, reminiscing all of it, and be like, look, I just want to, I'm just appreciative. I just want to come into a workplace where people don't want to hate me, where they're all not plotting to fucking run away, where they're all not plotting to stab me in the back or tell everybody my secrets. I just want everyone to fucking appreciate where they are. <laughs> um, Natasha, uh, Brick Baby's the one with a blue hat. Brick Baby's the one with the blue hat. Brick Baby's the one with the, the blue hat. Everybody like feel tighter and more connected. Oh, and shit, you know? God. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, the the fans kind of decide like who the team is to a certain extent because if the fans are really fucking with somebody then boom you you're good and if they don't like somebody or don't want to watch something with somebody then there's a bunch of people here who are like on camera maybe the fans don't fuck with them as much i like them a lot as people but they like if the fans at a certain point don't want to see you on camera then that shit gets complicated but you know the customer so what we're gonna do what we're gonna do is this i feel like they should just focus on having the platform just be kind of not host dependent, if that makes sense. So just make it be a place where people know where to go if they want to watch a live stream or people talking about hip-hop shit on particular days, whether it's a Monday at 2 p.m., wherever it may be, and then have them just, you know, rotate the host, but it not be, like, host, you know, dependent. Because if it gets into this whole, like, favoritism thing, who the fans like, it's going to get back into the same thing that happened prior with the other hosts and people. It's going to keep chopping and changing stuff just for the sake of appeasing fans who are never going to get appeased. Just have maybe a rotating cast for the No Jumper News, which you already have. Maybe have a set cast for the No Jumper Show. And over time, the fans will like, will get to kind of warm to the people that are over there because they know they can trust that you're going to be streaming at a certain day anyway. And they're just going to put up with it. I think the whole idea around trying to get people to like people is not going to be the right way to go about things. That's my only opinion on that one. But again, it's just good to see Adam somewhat accepting some responsibility for the role that he played and trying to make it right. That's the thing that I'm kind of happy to see. I'm not going to lie. Uh, next on the list, I want to quickly mention this. So Yuri and fucking Riley are going through a really crazy time on social media or on YouTube to be specific. Yuri's doing this thing where he's essentially streaming and I think he's doing a thing where I think if you donate one dollar, that adds like another minute or another, I think another minute to the stream. So people keep donating and then, you know, he just keeps streaming. So essentially he's going to be streaming for, you know, a consecutive amount of time with no real deadline in place until people stop giving him money. But he's streaming every single day and he's streaming at home and he's streaming also during the time when his girlfriend Riley got fired from her job at No Jumper and is essentially at home all the time. And it's one thing that guys don't really take any notice of. And I think they don't speak about a lot in fucking, you know, Manosphere YouTube is how to kind of deal with living with a partner. Like the, the kind of, you know, the stuff that doesn't get spoken about, you know, little things that you could do to kind of make the experience of living with somebody um, a little bit more pleasurable um, outside of you just liking each other to make the person not secretly hate you. I don't know, like little things like making sure the plates are washed in the morning so the person that wakes up later doesn't have to kind of jump over things to make a cup of coffee, making sure there's maybe, you know, the condiments or the, the bare necessities, sorry, in the fucking cupboards are there in terms of sugar, olive oil, uh, milk in the fridge coffee like as a man there's little things that you can do that can go a long way to kind of make your partner feel like okay cool we're in this together we're riding we're riding together right and another thing that's really important too a small thing that happens often is sometimes if you're living in you know as a as a couple maybe one time one person's up and one person's down 
you always need to be mindful of that case. So if some, if for instance, the person that's up is up in a big way. Let's say for instance, your partner is making way more money than you are. Some, or maybe you're making way more money than they are, sorry, as a guy. Sometimes it's your responsibility to make sure you don't make them feel bad about it. So if you're recommending, hey, it's date night, let's go out somewhere. Don't pick somewhere that's super expensive and then get annoyed that she doesn't want to go there and split the bill. Or if you do want to go there, just pay for the whole meal itself and say, hey, don't worry, baby, it's on me. But even then sometimes, try and make it kind of manageable without kind of, you know, letting it be known that you're taking into account that she maybe doesn't have any money because she's unemployed or whatever it may be. Little things like that. And another smart thing to do also is that if somebody's unemployed, especially if it's a girl, because girls usually get in their heads about things a lot more and are a lot more emotional when it comes to the job stuff and maybe life security and shit, right? Which is understandable. But if that's the case and you're a dude and you got the job and she doesn't, you have to make sure, in my opinion, that you leave the house more than her. You have to just get out of the house, go for a drive, go and chill at the coffee shop, whatever. But give each other space. Don't be on top of each other too much. Because I feel like Yuri, Yuri here... Yuri here is kind of causing the issues for himself because he's clearly in a good place. His streaming is popping off. He's gaining some traction. I'm sure off the back of these kind of IRL live streams he's been doing, he's probably, you know, got a, a huge spike in subscribers. People are really paying attention to him. He's feeling like he's finally getting on his way because he's idols Ice Poseidon. So he's finally maybe getting somewhere, you know, to kind of, you know, his career's kind of getting to a place where he's happy. But... On the other side of things, his girlfriend Riley's in a complete opposite place. She was, you know, about to go and do a hairdressing course thing, as she, I think she said. And then at the same time she's going to do the hairdressing course, Adam from the jumper said, hey, don't take the course or whatever, or don't take this side job. I'm going to pay you more because I like you at No Jumper. She started paying her more, but then soon after, all the drama happened with the old host at No Jumper. Everybody left. Adam had to cut some costs, and he ends up firing her. So he kind of gave her a promotion and then fired her maybe a week later. So she's kind of in a weird space. Cool. Understandable. So as a dude, I think the onus is on you to give the girl a bit of space. Leave the house, go for a drive, go for a skate, hang out, go for some smokes and chill. But the fact that they're on top of each other, is killer and this is what's leading to these fucking arguments look at these arguments they're having on stream all the time they're having these arguments it's absolutely crazy to watch and kind of sad because you're seeing them you know the relationship deteriorate in real time and they both not realizing what's happening i'm sorry i fucked your shit up again oh Always my fuck god your shit up. I'm sorry. look how petty you are you i'm can't, not petty like, you're being rude I'm bit, how am I, please explain by, by acknowledging the fact that the stream is being taken no, down. Okay. I can't acknowledge it. That's rude. Whatever, dude. No, you're right. Why are you going to sit like that? Because I'm looking on the camera right now. That, that looks crazy, the way you're sitting right now. Right? Well, I'm... Here, I'll, I'll, should I just turn off the stream? No. Like, I'm like, what should I do? Nothing. You look how you're sitting. You're sitting like, a, like an L, just so you can be off camera. Should we not go? No, I want to. Why just would you want to go if you don't even want to be on camera? Just let me chill. We were just having an argument, so it's okay. Yeah. Like, just let me it's chill for a second. It's not an argument. It's like me acknowledging the fact that the stream got taken down, and you're like, oh my god, you're so mean to me because I'm acknowledging the fact that the stream got taken down. What, what, where should I go? Do you have the address uh, still? Yeah. Uh... So this is all they do on their stream. They're just having all these really strange, exactly, passive-aggressive arguments and whatever, maybe bickerings, because at, at the heart of it, it's when they're on live stream, people send in tips and donations, and he's got his um, text-to-speech on. And sometimes people will start trolling, 
and saying mean stuff about Riley, saying mean stuff about Yuri. So the stream is basically playing them off each other. But they've also got underlying issues that they're clearly not resolving. And most of it comes from the financial side of things, which can cause a lot of issues from relationships, even if you're not on camera. Even if you're not content creators, just at home, the ability to pay for stuff and, you know, um, cover bills and lending money, that can cause a lot of issues. So imagine doing that stuff in real time in public, how awful that is. So part of me thinks, there's a part of me that thinks, this is a my theory, part of me thinks, because I kind of, you know, I maybe have a bit more of an understanding how men think as opposed to women. Part of me thinks Yuri is a bit of a pussy and doesn't really want to break up, like doesn't have the guts to break up with her. He actually wants to break up with her and he's doing that thing that most boys do where you don't want to break up with somebody so that you so then you start making them want to hate you instead of just saying, hey, you know, this isn't working out. Let's go our separate ways and be friends. He just would rather kind of, you know, do this kind of, oh, let her hate me and then she can leave. But clearly she's not positioned to leave because she's unemployed and maybe she has debts and stuff and things to pay. Like, so they're in a really strange position. They kind of have to live with each other because I don't think Yuri's in a position where he can maybe afford to pay the rent or whatever on his own. So he kind of has to stay with her to split the bills. But then she also can't afford to go by herself away because she maybe hasn't got all her shit together. So they're kind of in this really strange place. But it could all be rectified again if maybe Yuri kind of was a bit more mature and um, kind of, you know, acted a bit like a man and took the onus to step out of the house a bit more and give Uriah a bit of space. Because I feel like them being on top of each other is what's leading to all the issues they're having. And then to continue... Another clip <laughs> of Yuri making Riley cry in this one. <laughs> Which is fucking incredible. Don't get me wrong. Um, Riley's not the best judge. He's not the best person to kind of look at these clips because she's also a, an epic crier. Um, they call her Cryly, I think, on the fucking on the stream as a troll, which is awful, right? Um, and it's awful that he doesn't even ban the comment or the word in his chat. He just lets them say it, <laughs> right? About his girlfriend's awful. So she cries all the time. She's clearly an emotional girl. But he doesn't go out of his way not to try to make her cry. He knows what makes her cry. And he doesn't try not to. And then when she starts crying, he kind of gaslights her and stuff. So typical manipulation type of tactics here, which is interesting because I think Yuri's a little bit of a dweeb. So the fact that he's able to kind of lord this kind of, you know, thing over her is really, really lame on his part. But let's watch the clip anyway, quickly. Why? And then you're crying? Why would you say that? That's fucked up. Oh, why are you crying? I don't. Why are you so emotional? Dude, can we turn around? Why are you so emotional? You just told your girlfriend that you don't think you're a good boyfriend. You should be alone or something. <laughs> and you're surprised she's crying. Most, again, he's lucky she's white. I swear. Most of these guys, if you had to deal with her, uh, I think she might have been, is she Latina? She might, I don't know. Let, let's say she was a typical Latina woman or a black lady. You would have to deal with somebody hitting you or throwing something at your head. Do you know what I mean? The fact that she's just crying is actually a good response, but he's shocked that she's crying after saying that. Absolutely incredible. Go back, back home. I do not want to do this trip with you dude you're like and that and that kind of like the worst thing also is how punchable his face is he has that kind of a um sarcastic um smile thing that he does right <laughs> like that's the most annoying part of it this face of like oh my god dude what's just the big deal dude and also stop calling your fucking girl dude <laughs> it's so annoying <laughs> like grow up this guy's probably 28 or 29 or something and he's talking like he's 16 
Like, like he's it's it's fucking incredible, really. And the maturity of a sixteen year old. Insane. Everyone in the chat's calling me an abuser now. So I'm saying like, I'm like, bro, like, should I not even? Everyone in the chat's calling me an abuser. So the the chat has now become the third wheel of your relationship, right? Imagine you you got an apartment with your partner, and then your partner's best friend, right, um, decides to come over because they want to stay with you guys, right? <laughs> and they just stay for too long. They sleep on the sofa. They eat all your shit in the fridge. And because it's your boyfriend's friend, you don't want to say nothing. It's not your place. But you're starting to get annoyed now because you can't do your shit. You can't just take off your bra at the end of work. You can't run around, do your shit at home. You've just got this person living on your fucking couch. That's what the stream chat is now to these guys. The stream chat is the fucking third wheel. And it's dictating a lot of their life together. It's absolutely pathetic. Be in a relationship? Like, am I that terrible of a person? Okay. I can't even talk. No. <laughs> Stop listening to. Well, the you're chat. the one making me seem crazy. Exactly. Too. The like, like, you're making me seem crazy. No, I'm not. <laughs> Look at his face. Manipulation 101. This guy's awful, man. Look, awful, awful. But it's funny though because I think he's awful. Don't get me wrong. But I also think they're weirdly perfect for each other. Like. You know, there's some some ownership has to be taken on Riley also. You're a grown-up. So if this guy is getting on your nerves and causing you enough emotional distress, just leave. Go back home to your parents. I know it's a bit of a failure and you don't want to do it. I get it. But if this is what you're going to live like, this is going to where it's going to be, especially with Yuri. He's not quitting streaming anytime soon. He's not the kind of person that's going to take the, you know, the mature route and say, hey, this is obviously causing you some distress. I'm going to wait until you get your job and you're not really around the house too much. And then I'm going to start streaming again. No, he's not going to do that. He's going to keep doing it because he likes to do it. So he's not going to compromise in the slightest. So in that case, I think, I think Riley should take a little bit of ownership in this situation also. But, you know, the situation kind of is the way it is with these people and they're just being super redacted but yeah man trouble in paradise with these guys trouble in flipping paradise with these guys and it honestly isn't going to get any better anytime soon i can almost guarantee you that it's probably going to get worse before it kind of gets better to be completely completely honest um so moving on from that we need to talk about some clips here that I want to quickly check out for you and play because I think these might be of interest. So, first things first, I want to say, what are you guys like with racing? Who's fast in the chat? Are any of you guys fast? Can you guys actually run fast? Are you guys zip, zip, zoomers out there? Can you blitz down the street? Because that's something that I kind of take, um, you know, um, credit in being very fast, especially for my size. I'm a really fast for how big I actually am and I take some real kind of you know pride in the fact that I could actually beat most people in a 100 meters race especially 200 meters my fucking you know piece of resistance was 200 meters I could fucking blow people out 200 meters now the reason why I say this is because there's this clip that's going online of UK rapper Stormzy racing some of his friends in the hood and he doesn't look like he's fast but he actually runs really fast considering how much effort his friends are putting into running he doesn't look like he's absolutely blazing down the street but he actually is let me show you the fucking video let me show you the video of it this is stormzy all the way over there on the left hand side wearing the white t-shirt 
and he's absolutely blazing it down the street, but he doesn't look like he's actually running fast. He looks very slow. He's got the most ungangly, unathletic um, running stance I've ever seen in my life, but he's actually running quite fast. So let's see what you think about Stormzy's pace. <laughs> don't you think that he looks awful running like Stormzy has the worst technique like look at look look at his look at his body look at his shape look at how his feet are placing on the ground he looks awful but he's actually running quite fast they're in a white t-shirt look at him It's actually quite funny <laughs> how fast he is. And it made me think about my times racing people. And I think I might need to do this because this is at a regular, this is at a, sorry, this is at a, a, a barbershop somewhere in London here called Slider Cuts. I've been to it a couple of times. Um, they're meant to be the premier barbershop, but it's not that great of a haircut, to be fair. If I'm honest, compared to some, some yeah, ends, it's not as HD as I'd want it to be. It doesn't really, you know, it compares in comparison to some of the trims some of these American guys get, especially at the kind of Odell Beckham's, you know, standard of fucking fades. But it's definitely up there. And I think people like it because it's got an app. You can basically book your fucking appointments in. You don't have to do that whole black barber thing of turning up and having random people jump in front of you in the queue because they've got somewhere to go or because they're getting sunned or just nonsense. So that whole stuff kind of gets put away from it. So I might have to go to Slider Cuts, get a trim, and then challenge them to a race because I can run. I can run really fast. And the reason why I remember that is because I looked back at some pictures. I did a fucking TBT and I found this old picture of me from a few years ago running, running at the Westminster Mile. Westminster Mile is this race that they do here in London. Essentially, you run a mile around Westminster. It's timed. You're meant to run as fast as possible. And I think on this particular year, I forgot what year it might be. It might be in 2017. I did this in like six minutes or something. That's my fastest I've ever done a minute. I think it may, maybe it was six minutes 30 or something around that line. It was the fastest time I'd done a mile and I was blitzing. My endurance was really good at that time. I was absolutely going for it, fucking smashing it. And it was funny because there was a time in a period where I was doing this, I think every year. And it was always hilarious to see people behind you trying to catch you up, thinking that you're slowing down when you're actually just trying to maintain the pace. And then when you get to the last 400 meters, you just turn the afterburners on and they can't understand how you've got afterburners. But obviously I was training every single day to fucking keep that fucking, um, to get my mile time down. And it'll be sick in the end as well to do it because there's traffic and shit, you're crossing the road. So actually trying to beat um, your mile time running in the hood was actually quite good training because once you then got onto a course with no stops or fucking crossing and stuff you could blitz in absolutely cane it but i do remember this picture being hilarious at the time when i uploaded it the first time i wish i had the other copy but i deleted it the other copy of this picture that i've got i've got two pictures i wish i had the other one i uploaded it onto my instagram once and i didn't notice that on one side of the picture if you zoomed in enough you could see my ball bag hanging out <laughs> not on this one it's not there but the other picture i wish i still had it uh, and I uploaded it on my Instagram and no one noticed until maybe a few couple of weeks later, somebody DM me and said, hey, you might want to take that picture down. I can see your entire ball bag hanging out. It was legitimately hanging out on one of these fucking running shorts. So running shorts are good. They allow your fucking thighs to go up and down and shit and all good range of motion. But sometimes if you've got no underwear underneath, the ball bag is hanging out 
all the way underneath, bruv. And it was quite hilarious to see my whole entire ball bag there. The photographer fucking caught as I was running down the street. So, yeah, that was a good time. I can't wait to go back running again and racing down the street. As you can see, look at that superior form. I got my thumb inside of my hands. I'm running correctly. My heels are touching my bum. No fucking heel running, heel strike. Definitely all the fucking tension going to the top of, you know, the top of my heels and my feet. I got the low kind of, you know, um, zero drop shoes no excessive fucking cushioning and shit i was going for it i was absolutely going for it so big up me big up me moving on from that one let's talk about some shit here we've got a clip here first year the fire in the kids subreddit called the gringo pappy hour let's see what this is about the gringo pappy hour brennan shaw crossing his arms looking kind of serious let's see what i go on here actually just to kind of point here what do you think this is about? Why does Brendan cut his beard like this? Oh, just moustache. What's this about? Like, why does he just let it connect here? Why does he do this weird thing? And also, it's not even. He does it and it's never even. Looks kind of lopsided. That looks longer than that side. Like, for all the money he spends on his trainers and his shoes, why don't you just get somebody to cut your beard properly? You get spend all that money on fucking cars and, you know, energy drinks and all that malarkey, but then you can't, just, you know, get your beard trimmed properly by somebody. Makes no sense really, isn't it? Everyone's got weird... I know I'm the same. Everyone's got weird spending habits and stuff of what you spend and what you don't spend on, but I just can't get around the idea of somebody having all that disposable income to spend on cars and all that good stuff and trainers and flights and shit, but then you don't have the ability to just get somebody to trim your beard for you, you know, on a somewhat weekly basis. So at least you have the form, because I think sometimes maybe you can't, you know, you're not bothered to get a haircut all the time, but sometimes a good thing to get a beard trim is that sometimes the barbers can give you the, the sort of um, shape you should do yourself so you get a haircut maybe you don't need to get a haircut but then you can kind of follow the form that they did to cut your beard and kind of replicate that in your own way that's also an option but you know what do i know let's play the clip only like i mean authentic mexican shit i don't know what it is my girl's never been cam and she's like oh we'll like we'll cook spaghetti penne pasta how many uh, Mexican I, dishes can you cook? That's what <laughs> I learned. I was like, where's the burritos? Where's the tacos? That's not Mexican. Chili Reno. Like, chili. He uh. cooks all the time. Oh, that's it's awesome. just stuff I don't eat. That's why I'm losing but weight. Is you know what's weird about Brendan? And I've said this before many a times. Isn't Brendan one of the weirdest people to exist? Because Brendan is one of those type of people who clearly has a thing for Latina women. Or women who just have big bums, right? Who have like really voluptuous figures, right? Big tits, big bums, right? So let's say maybe black women, um, whatever, Latina women. He seems to have a thing for them. Cool. Usually if you're into women from a particular region of the earth, right? Usually that comes with an interest for their culture, for their food, for their music, for their language, for the country. Usually there's something in it. It's not just because you want to fuck the big titted big bum woman is because you want to tap in a bit of the culture you feel like inside you are mexican you feel like inside you are brazilian you're from honduras you maybe have some caribbean in you something about that culture resonates with you and you also appreciate the women in it but for brendan it's purely purely surface level he loves the big tits loves the big bum loves the voluptuous lips loves the fucking red hot passion of it but when it comes to the food and the language, he could not give a single fuck. And how sad is it that he lives in a household where his mother-in-law sometimes visits often because I think he complains sometimes that she's always there. 
His wife clearly, even though she's not from Guadalajara and she's from LA and she kind of lies about that, which is what it is. Who knows? Who cares? But clearly she's got, she identifies a lot with her Mexican heritage. She clearly cooks a lot of that food because he mentions it all the time, but he doesn't eat it. So Brendan's at home while his wife's cooking fucking delicious, authentic Mexican food. He's even saying in this clip, I think, he mentions that she doesn't even cook like tortillas much. She's not even cooking the stuff that you are used to seeing in fucking res Mexican restaurants, right? Typical stuff like tacos and tortillas. Because guess what? When Mexicans are at home, they don't eat that shit all the time. There's much more to Mexican cuisine than just tortillas and tacos. So she's cooking all this interesting, you know, expansive um, food that you could try and sample. And he doesn't want none of it. He doesn't want anything of it. So what's he doing? Is he ordering takeout? Is he ordering in and out while his wife's cooking real authentic Mexican food? While his mother-in-law's in the kitchen cooking something delicious, he's there ordering Domino's, Little Caesars, fucking, you know, like, what? Do you know how crazy that is to live in a house of somebody that can legitimately cook and is from a particular part of the world that has nothing to do with where you're from, speaks an entirely different language, not learning the language, and then ordering Domino's and Chick-fil-A and Popeye's and shit. That is embarrassing. I'd be embarrassed. It's so weird. I've never seen it, honestly. And I know... There was a whole entire time when I was coming up in the streetwear scene, in the sneaker scene. If you guys know, you know. But when I was growing, when I was coming up in the streetwear sneaker scene, especially here in London, there was a period in time where, for some reason, everybody that was involved in the scene had an Asian girlfriend. And I mean, like Asian, as in like from China, Vietnam, or Japan, or Korea, or something, right? I guess it was because of the clothes and the fashion. Everyone had this infatuation with having an Asian girlfriend. But as weird as that was. They also had an infatuation about learning the language. They wanted to learn how to speak Chinese, how to speak Japanese. They read anime. They visit the country all the time. They enjoyed the food. Like they legitimately had interest in the culture. It wasn't just, I want to come in and fuck all your women. I want to also partake in your culture, right? And have like mixed kids that have different, like, whatever, 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 whatever. For some reason, it doesn't seem to resonate with Brendan. I'm not going to keep ranting about it. Let's play the clip. Is it always Mexican food? Only Mexican wow. food. Well, spaghetti, penne, pasta. And Our Latino the, audience right I now is laughing with me. Yeah? Yeah, that's that? actually the lining of a cow's stomach that they yeah. eat. Oh, your daddy's on the road too much for you to still eat cow stomach. Oh, what a fucking piece of shit. So he thinks you can't eat cow stomach soup, which I know we've had it in the country that I'm from. We also kind of make a similar type of dish. And it is kind of tasty. It's an acquired taste, don't get me wrong. But it is nice. It, and obviously, if you're somebody that cares about your fucking uh, jawline and stuff, being able to chew stuff like cow intestines and shit um, over and over again, like it's like similar to chewing a really hard steak. It's going to actually improve your jawline. It's good for actually teeth health and gum health and stuff. So there's loads of really good nutritional, you know, bodily benefits to it. But this guy just wants fucking boneless fucking chicken um, and, you know, pizza crust with cheese in it and whatever. Do you know what I mean? He can't handle some, you know, some fucking uh, quote-unquote poor people food. <laughs> He's fucking incredible, this guy. Honestly. <laughs> oh, really, dude? <laughs> oh, that's There's the reason, one of the reasons I'm not torn so much in the sun. Is I told my son I'm gonna dedicate myself to him for baseball. <laughs> Smells in the house. I'm like a refugee mound house, man. I feel like a refugee mound goddamn house. Your girl, your girl doesn't cook. Oh, that joke. So you can't. Some comedians, right? Some comedians film a comedy special and then they get tired and bored of the bits they did in the comedy special and they don't want to ever hear it again, right? They don't want to ever hear it. 
and they get annoyed if they do say a particular line or a phrase, it pisses them off. Brendan actually doesn't mind that. He actually thinks, like I said, Brendan's amazing because in his head, he thinks he's fucking hilarious. So he actually starts to say more Gringo Pappy jokes in real life, even though, you know, most people didn't enjoy it and stuff. To him, it was a fucking blockbuster. Absolutely incredible guy. No. Yeah. She doesn't. And, and we talked about this yesterday. So strawberries. Dallas, that's my fucking hell. <laughs> Imagine. I'm sorry, but if you're Eric Griffin, you have to punch this guy in the arm. He can't talk about your, your wife like that. He said she cooks strawberries. Imagine after all the shit he's been talking, basically complaining that his wife cooks lovely, yummy, delicious, authentic Mexican food. He's complaining that there's too much of it in his household, right? And he has to fucking rely on door dashing food for himself. Then, you know, Eric Griffin pops in and says, my wife can't cook, which is sad, but hey, she can't. Everyone's got their thing. And he tries to insult her by saying she cooks strawberries. Motherfucker, you can't talk. You, you're sitting there eating fucking pizzas while your family's eating fucking delicious home-cooked meals because you don't like, I don't know, spice or you can't handle intestines and you want stuff to be breaded and deep-fried and shit. Come on, man. Strawberries. Dallas, <laughs> Eric Griffin can't sit there and have someone insult your wife like that, but that's too much. Sorry. House, <laughs> I feel like a refugee in my own goddamn house. <laughs> your, girl, your girl doesn't cook? No, that's crazy. <laughs> she doesn't. And, and we talked about this she yesterday. So strawberries. <laughs> that is brutal. You can't let him say that about your wife. That's actually funny as well. Big up Brenda for actually being funny for once. I was actually funny. She cooked strawberries. <laughs> oh, Eric just sitting there letting him insult his wife while he's there eating fucking pizzas in home when they're co home cooking it. Absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy. Um, anyway, moving on from that one, we've got another click here to another click, another clip here to play called Narrative B again, courtesy of the Fire and the Kids subreddit. Big up those guys for doing this. Let's play this right now and see what the vibe is saying. Narrative B, narrative, 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 narrative. I'm promoting the the special, the Gringo Poppy. Thank you guys so much, everybody that watched it. Um, you can see in his eyes he doesn't believe what he's saying, innit? Even just if you go back to the beginning. Look how sad he looks, man. Sometimes I feel bad for the dude because, you know, the stick he got for the Gringo Pappy was a lot. But sometimes you also have to say to yourself, like, you're a grown-up. You have to have better quality control. You can't watch Gringo Pappy and sit there and think, okay, this is ready to go out. You should have better quality control and know, hey, this isn't ready. I'm going to fucking put this on ice and we're going to go back to the drawing board. Really and truly, because he did it to himself, really. He showed himself in the foot in an epic way, because when that shit came out and people saw that there was no clear difference between you'd be surprised at Google Pappy and he actually maybe has gotten worse. Woo! So I had a hell of a run promoting the, the special, the Gringo Poppy. Thank you guys so much, everybody that watched it. Yeah, big up, Rinks. You know how it is. We got the fucking pedo Philip Schofield out. So now I'm out here. Now, I mean, no touching kids allowed where I'm at. And we're just talking shit on the fucking live stream, letting the light come in from this side. So I'd have to use the fucking LED light and get my whole forehead full of sweat. And I can sit here and finish a whole jar full of green juice and feel fucking amazing as the chat locks in and tunes in as we play these clips. That's what we're doing in the morning. So big up the rinks, big up the chat. If you're enjoying the stream, make sure you're fucking pressing that like button down below. Let me get 
close to fucking XQC money and we're all going to be rich. We're all going to be balling. 1K to the chat if, if I get that fucking XQC fucking contract. So jump in there, get involved, smash that like, back your boy, let the sun keep shining and let's fucking go. Woo. Um, the love that I'm getting on the street and at the shows, it's insane, man. So that's why I put on YouTube and God dang, was that the right choice? But I'm praying. <laughs> I'm praying that um, what I'm hearing isn't true. Maybe Yo, that's the best way. To I'm going to say this now. I've said it before plenty of times. You're never going to see. And again, I don't wish it anybody. You will never see Brendan or Brian cry as much as they did when they found out Chris D'Elia got exposed for being a fucking pedo, all right, or a diddler, allegedly, you'll never see them crying as much as they did for Chris as they will do if something happens to somebody in their family. I don't want to say it, but it's the truth. And God forbid something happens to Rogan. Touch what it doesn't. But honestly, you will never see them cry as much as they did when they found out Chris got exposed for fucking doing all that nasty shit to girls and fans as with their own family. I guarantee you, it was so fucking weird. Watch, just you watch. I'm gonna put it. I can't talk. <laughs> it's just, I can't talk, it's just. You know, it's like, talk. it's a weird my, thing because I said to Ben and I said, it's like, um, it's like watching like, someone die or something. Or something. And also, it's guys are phenomenal. Compliment. That's such a compliment. It's the same thing. I've had people go, Shab doesn't write his jokes. There's no way. They come to the show. <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> this guy lies about everything. Whoever said Shul doesn't write his jokes? Actually, I've always said, I've always said, if Brendan actually does want to pursue stand-up comedy, my theory has always been Brendan should give up stand-up. Give up stand-up and do instead live podcast shows where maybe you do little bits and shit, but it's more so a variety show like here comes Chin doing his whole crying Filipino singing voice thing. Here comes Little Brows doing his fucking frat boy rap shit. Here comes, I don't know, the boy that lost all the weight, looking all weird and shit, like he's got something wrong with him. Like, all that stuff, that should be really happening, right? Then he does his little comedy bit. But him just getting on the stage and performing every day is a waste of time. But if he actually does want to pursue stand-up comedy, I've always said, Brendan should actually do what Chris Rock does and just hire writers. Chris Rock, essentially, is the person that presents the jokes on stage and maybe fine-tunes them but it's very well known that chris rock has a writing team that helps him put jokes together and then he maybe does the final pieces of putting it together and there's a show and presents it but he doesn't it's not a hidden thing it's a thing that people do so that's what brendan should do brendan should actually hire a team of writers to put together a fucking bit for him and then present that on stage then he might be funny but his ego is so crazy that he honestly thinks people want to hear his jokes. But his jokes are, you'd be surprised. His jokes are Mexican cookies with salsa on it. Like, fucking horrendous. He needs the help, actually. He actually needs the help. And then Mark told me, yeah, this guy, you know, thinks you have someone writing your jokes. I'm like, damn, that's a compliment, dude. They think, I, what do they think? Chris Rock writing them? Chris Rock writing them? Chris Rock writing them? I'm like, oh, man, that's dope. This guy's like, funny, man. That's ridiculous. No, dude. Hell yeah, man. Fuck yeah. I think we all need a bit of delusion like this, you know? If you actually want to be successful in life, you actually need to be this delusional. You have to believe it.
Like, even myself, to sit here on the front of a fucking webcam thinking people want to listen to me, you kind of have to be a little bit delusional. Maybe to get on stage and to do what he does, you kind of have to believe that you're actually better than what you are and actually believe that you're the greatest thing since whatever. Because this is absolutely unhinged. You think somebody's doing that? That's dope, dude. That's great. I mean, it's a good show. It was so good. You think somebody else is writing? <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. This is great. This guy's this too is fantastic. Much. But let me but, but let me say this too. I know I'm 6'4", 250 pounds. 255. I know I'm 255 pounds. I know I look like this stuff doesn't bother me. It hurts my oh, feelings, man. man. It always has. To say the it least. always has. To say the least. I don't I'm talk about it. it. Yeah. Nobody wants me to come on here and talk about, you know, how my feelings are hurt because that's not the mask. <laughs> He's so disingenuous. This is so fake. Good performance, though. Very fake. Mexican thing to do. But what, what I'm is telling it? Mexican thing or masculine? Mexican. How my feelings are hurt because that's not the masking thing to do. The masking. But I'm telling you. Nigga, uh, pronounce you know your words. Take your time. He's so lazy. Pronounce your fucking words. He just bails on the words. That's why I don't believe. I think someone said it before in the stream chat. Somebody said they don't believe he has a speech impediment. He's just lazy. I believe that too. I agree with that. There's no speech impediment. There's no accent issues. He's just lazy. He just bails on fucking masculine. He just says masculine and just moves on. He just bails on the fucking words. Listen to talk him. about. Yeah, hear it. Nobody wants me to come on here and talk about, you know, how my feelings are hurt because that's not the masking thing to do. Masking. Talk about, you know, how my feelings are hurt because that's not the masking thing to about, you know, how my feelings are hurt because that's not the masking thing to hurt because that's not the masking thing to do. But I'm telling you now. <laughs> masking. So all you guys know, it hurts my feelings more than you know. And that's why I'm not on social media. Oh, Monday morning. Fucking hell, man. I will die on that hill that Brendan Shaw, the Shaw show, is the worst piece of content in the whole fucking, you know, patina, library, fucking coliseum of content that is Thick Boy. Shaw show is the worst representation of him as a content creator, him as a host, him as anything. And the main reason is because he does it early in the morning. He clearly does this on the way on the way back home from dropping off the kids, probably, right, to school. He probably comes back and then starts recording. But he's clearly not a morning person. He clearly looks like absolute shit. Like his eyes, his, like his speech, everything's already, you know, impaired day to day. And then now he's getting on stream early in the morning and doing this. Bad decision. He should not do this. He should really, really try to do the short show later in the afternoon. Get some rest, get a workout in, you know, splash yourself with some cold water. But the way he does it here is just awful, man. And the show really suffers for it. Because like I said, the short show is the worst show he has in the whole library of shows under the Fit Boy. Not on social media. Oh, Monday morning. <laughs> That's more combat. He's trying to G himself up. He's so dead. Brendan, man, please, you don't have to do this. And again, there's a thing. These guys make their own schedules. You make your own timetable. You don't have to do this yourself. Just make yourself, give yourself the best option or the best possibilities to do well. Right? Like, we all have our things. I remember for me, when I was revising in school, in college and shit, what I would do is that in order to revise well, I would just do like, like, 
I would kind of spec out my day like a school day. So if I had to revise for, you know, some exams coming up, I would just split my revision days up like Monday to Friday, like I was going to school or college and then have it from nine to five or eight to three, whenever my kind of school timetable was and just do an hour of each subject. And then when it was four or five, I'd stop because I knew my brain couldn't handle more than that because once it comes to evening, my brain automatically thinks of playing outside and going to play football, hanging out with my friends. So I knew I couldn't do it. So to convince myself to do it, I would always just stick to that Monday to Friday plan. But I had some friends who would like to do their revision late at night or early in the morning. Everyone's got their thing where they're basically more on fire. Clearly with Brendan, he's not on fire in the morning. He's not a morning person. So just stop doing this bang early in the morning so you don't look like you've been in a boxing ring with Tyson Fury for fucking seven million rounds it's unnecessary you make your own hours you don't need to be you know on stream like looking like that it's just absolutely crazy but you know again what do I know what do I know let's move on from that one let's see red bar again courtesy of no jumper no jumper sorry no final kid subreddit it says red bar discusses bappa's recent accomplishments interesting to see what this is about what red bar's saying interesting to see i've seen a really i'm not sure if you guys have clocked this on the fucking final kid subreddit but there's been a diff, there's been a very uh noticeable change in mood around red bar on the no jumper subreddit no jumper, I keep saying the jumper. The final kids subreddit. Everyone has a bad thing to say about fucking Red Bar. They don't like him as much. What do you guys think in the chat? Are you guys still fans of Red Bar? Um, I feel like some people are kind of off him. Yeah, big up the Indian dude. Appreciate the five dollars super chat. Hey, not to detour from the topic, but have you looked at the new Man United prospect Fengaran Dish? He has penetrating passes. Hello, that Indian dude. I think that's a troll, that name of that player, so I'm not going to repeat it, but I haven't checked out <laughs> nothing regarding United New Signings, but I will check it out. But I think you're trying to get me there. You're trying to get me. You will not get me. Never. Never get me. You're never getting me with that shit. But I think that might be a troll. I think you're being cheeky there, sir. I think you're being cheeky, but I appreciate the $5 super chat. <laughs> What are you guys saying in the chat? TMK sub always hated Red Bar. Okay, cool. People falling out. Oh, I love with Red Bar. Sometimes Red Bar is a bit too much. Red Bar sits down when he pees. <laughs> okay. I love Red Bar says Hot Wheels KNG. Um what's what was it saying? Uh uh I can't get with Red Bar. He's always been absolutely insufferable to me. He's just a talentless, rambling wannabe comedian hater. I don't get it. Yeah, that's the funny thing. I remember there's a clip, right, with, um, I wish I could get it, actually. There's a clip of, I think his name is David Cross. He's a comedian. Is it David Cross? Let's see if I can quickly Google my phone. David Cross. Yes, David Cross. So there's, a, there's an episode of David Cross on a podcast called How Long Gone that I listen to. The podcast isn't through comedy. It's mostly like a culture type of podcast, similar to stuff that I talk about on my podcast, The Agassino Zinger Show, available on all platforms. Go and check it out. And they had him on once, right? And one of the hosts of How Long Gone, um, his name is TJ, and he's, he's kind of the funny one, right? He's like always the one with the one-liners and shit. And he got talking to David Cross about how he hates stand-up and he went to a Rogan show and didn't enjoy it and blah, 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 blah. And I guess somehow within that conversation, David Cross was able to surmise, which I didn't know at the time because I listened to the show at the time, but I didn't even know. David Cross was able to work out that this guy, J TJ, in that show was a kind of a failed comic. 
essentially he never made it. And maybe part of his resentment towards stand-ups is that he never made it, but then he feels like the people that did make it weren't talented. So he kind of had that weird bitterness resentment thing. So it must be something that other comedians can notice or people that are really plugged into the comedy world. Like, I don't think I'm as plugged in as I probably should be. Um, I don't watch enough specials and shit, but I think a lot of people can see that. You can kind of see it in people. So maybe some people notice that about Red Bar, that maybe he's a failed comic in some regard and he kind of has always had this bit of bitterness that he never made it um, despite him thinking he's amazing or whatnot. I don't really know um, because I know some of the law about Red Bar is that he had his own comedy club, I think, to begin with because uh, I don't really mind his commentary. He's obviously a little bit excessive and a little bit crazy and he goes really hard on some people but I think that's necessary. I think, you know, in each space of entertainment, there's always going to be a Red Bar-esque figure. I think in hip-hop, they've got somebody like that. I think he's called, his name's Star. He's kind of a similar type of vibe of a Red Bar. He's going to say the things that no one wants to say. Even like a Corey Holcomb is a good example in that hip-hop black space. There's always going to be somebody who's going to push the line and say the things that you're not meant to say or have the uncomfortable conversations or call people out on their bullshit and not be afraid of ruffling feathers. And he doesn't want to make friends. I think that kind of helps him in that regard because he never, you know, he doesn't want to be a part of the LA glitterati. Clearly, he might have some resentment because he didn't make it and he's not a millionaire driving a purple Porsche at Brendan but you know purple Porsches are nice so when you see Brendan doing his fucking stick on on stage and he's fucking terrible it kind of you're, you're within your right to kind of feel a little bit aggrieved that you don't also have one so I kind of understand where he's coming from in that regard but I don't mind Red Bar personally I don't really mind him personally to be completely honest um he has a you know he, he has a, his appeal um he definitely does his own thing the show's super quality he's filmed amazing um really great lighting camera work everything about it is really good and I think to be honest he's a bit of a you know, he's a he kind of he's a bit of a trendsetter in the how he kind of you know lays out his fucking set and how he does it. See a lot of people doing the same sort of thing with the screens and the fucking soundboard and whatever the rants and all that stuff. You know, like I'm a, I'm a fan of his. I don't mind him to be fair. Okay, so there's Eric Griffin. We'll keep him down there for now. There's Brendan Schaub, new baby on the way. Canceled that entire European tour. I mean, he really thought that was going to be. I mean, do you know how like crazy that is? Actually, hold on, hold on. Excuse me, Eddie D. What? Red Bar said Eric Griffin's wife works at Target. <laughs> what? Is that true? How does he find this shit out, man? I swear to God. This guy is savage. I still remember when he fucking did that stream where he found out that Andrew Santino um, had like a side piece or something. Is it Andrew Santino? Yeah, I think Andrew Santino. Yay, hey, we're big up Andy for $10 temperature. Big up you. Has Rogan ever talked about being a comedy club owner? That's fascinating to me. We always hear from artists, but rarely do we hear the executive side from studios, clubs. Yeah, I think he did. Big up Andy Do. Thank you for the um, uh, $10 super chat, my friend. I think he did. Um, there's one particular one that he did where he spoke about, I think when it first opened. So if you go back in the archives or you try and remember when the club opened, there are some shows where he kind of speaks about the club opening. He doesn't speak about it too much business-wise. I think he doesn't want people to know about the business because Joe Rogan's kind of easy to read. When he doesn't speak about some things because he doesn't want people asking questions. So he kind of avoids bringing it up because, you know, he doesn't want people to kind of dig a bit deeper in it. Um, but yeah, um, going back to Red Bar, somehow he found out that Andrew Santino had a side piece. Now, if you know anything about Andrew Santino, you know he's, he's pretty private. I don't even know what his wife looks like, right? But he has a wife, right? But he kind of keeps that to himself. So the fact that Red Bull was able to find out that he has a fucking side piece was insane. 
And he kind of went in a bit on it a little bit. Like, a bit crazy. I was like, whoa, this guy is on another level. So him finding out that Eric Griffin's wife works at Target <coughs> is fucking hilarious. She said it on Facebook Live. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't care if she's working at Target at all, Natashki. I'm just saying, the stuff that he does and says, most men wouldn't do that because you know there's always a threat of violence. Red Bar doesn't give a fuck because he doesn't go outside. He's similar to academics in that regard. He doesn't go outside and he also lives in the place where not a lot of comedians, you know, within that LA space go to. He lives in somewhere in Chicago, I heard, right? Um, he kind of minds his business. So he kind of avoids all those issues. But it just surprised me when he says that kind of stuff because in my head, I know if that was me and he was talking about somebody that I love like that and I lived anywhere near, I'd be on his, I mean, I'd be fucking going crazy. Like, so the fact that he does this to these guys and he does it so consistently so often and it couldn't get something their skin is crazy. I'm still to this day don't want to acknowledge the fact that he might have run my guy Joe Diaz off of fucking podcasting. I don't want to acknowledge it. I know the truth is probably he did and he played a big role in it, but I'm still trying to believe that Joey Diaz just got tired of podcasting and he's an older dude now. He's got a book deal and he's got a family. He doesn't want to do it anymore. But the reality is if I put, if I kind of put the pieces together and I trace back the beef that Red Bar was having with, or the beef that Joey Diaz had with Red Bar because Red Bar exposed that Joey Diaz was, was had some Xanax addiction before anybody knew about it and all that stuff and it spiraled out of control and then Red Bar going to beef with Sam Tripoli and then Joey Diaz went off for him about that and so he's going to kill him and shit then delete that episode. I'm sure Red Bar ran Joey Diaz off of podcasting, but I don't want to. I don't want to acknowledge it because I love Joey so much. Do you know what I mean he's my guy? I fucking love the guy, so I don't want to acknowledge it. I don't acknowledge fucking Red Bar's power. But the fact that he found out Eric Griffin's wife works at Target is fucking insane. <laughs> Honestly, man, fucking insane. No wonder Eric Griffin does the Golden Hour now. No wonder he's on the Golden Hour. You know, subjecting himself to fucking Brendan Schaub's intellect, um, Chris D'Elia, you know, being a shadow of informer self. No wonder. No wonder, bro. No wonder. God almighty. Because if I'm not mistaken, Eric Griffin's streams kind of dipped a bit in it because he had a bit of a pop during the pandemic where he started to get a lot of traction on Twitch and stuff. But he's so dour and negative and bitter and a hater that I think over time, it's kind of hard to keep watching him on stream and stuff. He can, he probably type person probably banned you from chat if you ask the wrong questions and shit. He's kind of a bit weird. So it makes sense why they're trying to cover their bases and they're probably getting married soon as well. So in it, do what you have to do to kind of keep the lights on. But it's just fucking hilarious, man. It's fucking hilarious. So I saw a clip from him the other day that one of these uh, Brendan Hater channels posted. It was incredible. Every day there's a new documentary about hating hey! And they're getting good. You know, because everybody's already told the initial story. I think that's what I hated hearing so much, that initial tale. Gringo poppy, gringo poppy over and over. But now everybody's doing up-to-date, day-by-day, minute-by-minute shab news. That's pretty more. exciting. Now it's a nice watch. You type in Brendan Schaub every day. There's 16 documentaries <laughs> of various little things that he's up to. And he's up to a lot. So I understand. But we're, this doesn't usually happen. Usually when we all collectively hate somebody and wish for their demise. No, I don't. I don't know. Nope, 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 nope. Natasha, I don't believe that. You're wrong. It's not that Brendan can't grow that beard. I honestly think... Brendan thinks that beard he's got looks good. That's why you're wrong. I honestly think 
Brendan thinks that that trim thing he's got where it's got the gap and the things are wonky, he thinks that looks good. I'm sure of it. I'm almost sure of it. I'm almost sure that Brendan thinks that looks good. Because even if you don't even if you don't have a connecting, you can still, you know, cut it in a way where it kind of looks like it connects. And over time, it can kind of grow into itself and whatnot. But he actually prefers to have his beard like that. That's a scary thing. Come on, play. It doesn't really pan out that way. But in Brendan's case, it's starting to actually fizzle out to the to where he can't put on the facade anymore. It must be getting really scary. There was a video I just watched and Brian goes, yeah, I heard you canceled your tour. And he goes, yep, just going to chill with the kiddos this summer. So he's doing nothing. It's all been canceled. He's just chilling. This is what they say. This is the line. Chilling with the kiddos this summer. He had to say that he won't address why the tour was actually canceled. Obviously, they tracked it. How could it. he? They tracked it every day. He sold no tickets. He thought he was going to go do a 50-city tour. In to be fair, it's kind of worked, though. Credit to Brendan. It has kind of worked. Everyone's kind of forgot about it and moved on. It's quite a good strategy. I thought it was dumb in the first place. Obviously, selfishly, because I wanted him to react to it so that I could react to it and make a clip about it. But if you're looking at it from the point of view of Brendan Shaw, it actually was smarter to be like, you know what? I'm going to go mute on this shit. No more. Shh. I'm not going to speak about it. I'm going to pretend like it never happened and just keep it keeping on. Because what can he actually say? Nothing, really. It's going to it's gonna satisfy anybody's appetite, right? Um, he's not going to make it make sense because it's clearly super embarrassing that he went out and booked all these big venues and you couldn't sell, you know, even half of the tickets to kind of make it make sense for the, for the venue themselves and they probably pulled the plug because that's what I think happened. I think most likely the venues decided, hey, we can't have you come over and do these shows because we're going to be running at a loss. The, the fees to pay for the security guards are more than the tickets that you've sold. Do you know what I mean? That kind of thing. And that's even more embarrassing because it clearly is an L on your regard that they have to pull the show. So that's embarrassing. So clearly he can't explain it. So best thing to do, so he did, it, he did it well. That's what Rogan does. Rogan does that expertly. When Rogan has wanted to address something, he just never speaks about it. And then people stop talking about it and then move on. Like the whole Brian Callan thing. Brian Callan gets accused of rape. He's one of his best friends. He's always on Rogan. You know, he's always on there. He's probably got the second most highest guest appearances on there. Maybe second to only Brendan. It happens. Rogan pretends like it never happened. He just never mentions Brian's name. He never speaks about it. And then over time, people stop talking about it and it kind of moves on. That's actually a good tactic if you want to actually move away things. It's obviously hard because you're going to keep seeing people, you know, trolling you in the comments and stuff. You have to avoid that. But if you can kind of get over the two-week hounding online, just ignoring it actually works. Sell out those seats, and that's how he was going to provide for me. He says, well, everyone on the internet hates Chris D'Elia, but he does these 5,000 seaters every weekend, so he gets a lot of money. That's what I'm going to do. I'm Brendan. And it didn't work out. And I don't think it's going to go back. I think he's had his peak as far as how many people have been introduced to him. And now it's just going down, down, down to the point where, yeah, nobody's even tuning into these shows he has anymore. So they're making no ad money there. Where is he getting his money from? Where's Eric Griffin getting his money from? Okay. The money thing I'm interested I, The money thing, I don't like to pocket watch people because I think it's lame. But the money thing is something interesting to kind of speak about a little bit. Because I think there's two things happening here. I think either 
there is a silent benefactor, a benefactor or Patreon or something in the background who's basically funding TFATK or Thick Boy, right? Or most likely, people really underestimate how much money podcasts make, especially ones that have been endorsed by Rogan, right? The whole Rogan effect. Of being able to be on that show, have people follow you, get fifty thousand views minimum on each video. Clips always doing great. You've got you know got a good comedy career where you can play most clubs. That actually adds up. Sponsors all that stuff. So I think people un either underestimate how much these guys make, or there's somebody in the background you know propping the business up, or maybe both. Maybe there's both. I think that's basically what's happening here a little bit. Because for some reason I think people because they dislike Brendan so much they can't. Hey, big up the India dude. Thank you for five dollars, my friend. Good luck on your fitness goals, BTW. For me, dieting is the hardest part. I can get the workout in, but I love my food too much. Yeah, big up. Thank you, brother. Thank you for the motivation, yeah, or the encouragement. Yes, for sure. Um, yeah, the food part is always the hardest. It, it, it's kind of a common thing people say. You actually lose weight in the kitchen. You don't lose weight in the gym. Um, but it's actually the hardest thing to do. Because I think most people, if they went to, you could lose weight, you know, for a long period of time, like a couple of years, by just, you know, watching your calories and whatnot and fasting and whatnot if you wanted to. But it's the hardest thing to do, which is why you kind of speed it up with the burning of the fat. So that's obviously good. But um, yeah, big up you. Thank you for the five dollars. I appreciate you, mate. Was going to say, yeah. So I think because people dislike Brendan so much, they can't wrap their heads around him making any money. Because if he makes money, that means that some people watch and like what he does, which they do. Because, you know, content is subjective. What I like and what you like is completely different. And, you know, there's no better or, you know, there's no good or bad. It just is what it is. So I think in the case of Brendan, maybe what's going on here is that people aren't really realizing how much money the shows make. Because even during a downturn, like it's kind of like, you know, T-Fat-K and Fit Boy are sort of like going down, you know, they're on a bit of a law at the moment. They'll still be able to keep the lights on. No one's been fired. Doesn't need to be fired. Um, they've got a lean operation now. They haven't swapped studios. They're not downsizing studios. Brendan hasn't sold his Ferrari. Um, you know, they still live in a big house. The kids still go to private school. Their lifestyle is still the same. So clearly, clearly... Um, the business is still booming, even though it maybe isn't as good as it once was. So I think they make a lot more money than people actually think they do. That's the thing. Um, I, I think actually comedians do a good job of pretending like they don't make money. They LARP a lot as working class, which I think helps them, to be fair, with their career, where they LARP as working class or middle class. But I think there's some of those guys who don't, isn't it, right? Like, um, what's his name? Like, Burt Kreischer and Tom Segura. They clearly like to lean into the fact that they have money. But a lot of comedians like to pretend that they don't because it makes you more relatable to your audience. But don't get it confused. These guys have money, like, for sure. Um, so I think that's Brendan's thing. Eric Griffin's thing, I think it makes sense. He does a lot. He does enough shows as a comedian, as a streamer to make money, to look after himself. You know, if his wife is working also, double the income in the household, they're perfectly fine. So I don't think there's any problems there. I think that Brendan thing, people just underestimate how much money his podcasts make, especially when you think of the Patreon on Golden Hour, Golden Hour YouTube channel itself, the Fire of the Kid, the clips, his comedy gigs, things that he does all the time, the merch sales, it all adds up. Sponsors. Chris D'Elia, we know, has his tour. That's the only thing that's saving Chris right now. The tour and the merch. You know, all the Matt Reif-style lunatics that allow him to do this and support him. But Brenda doesn't have those people. Eric Griffin doesn't have those people. 
Let's get a little glimpse of them, and then we'll show you what, what happened here. Nothing can stop us. I don't know. I don't know about that. Eric, you're next. What's it I wonder how to go. What's it saying? Say my card. They all hate each other, too. I don't buy that also. I don't buy I don't think they hate each other. I just think they hate the position they're in. I think they all hate the fact that they have to rely on Brendan. <laughs> that's basically what happens there. And I think Brendan even hates the fact that he has to rely on himself. I think that's the issue. Um he can't just be on autopilot just like letting people do, you know, like with Fear of Vaughn. Like you just turn on the cameras with fucking, you know, on King of the Sting and that stuff was getting views and it was going up. I think they all kind of pissed off because this show is basically a reflection of where they all are in their careers because i think if chris didn't get exposed as a pedo he's never doing the golden hour he's never even doing that much content with brendan specifically i don't think so look back to how it was beforehand it would always be content with like chris with brendan and brian but not a lot of chris and brendan content itself it was when he got cancelled he had no other friends brendan kind of slipped in and went to be his best friend right to kind of replace the fear of von raw um eric griffin the same thing he wouldn't have been friends with these guys if they didn't have you know, no other people to kind of call on because Tom Segura, Burt Crash, all those guys aren't going to be hanging around these guys as often as they were in the past. So that's the issue. So that's what the energy you get from it. I don't think they hate each other. I just think they all individually hate the fact that they have to rely on that show because it kind of is re re representative of where their careers are. What's up, bro? You keep looking at me today, man. Here's the show. You're a handsome guy, man. Thanks, dog. You know what it is? You got grays, and it's looking. It doesn't look bad on you, man. Ah, a little uh, salt and pepper. A little dusty. Everyone has a little dust here. Yeah, yeah. You guys more on your face. I mean, the show goes nowhere. I mean, it's really bad. We watch it all the time, hoping to find something to play on the show. There's never anything even to make fun of. It's that boring. It's that boring. I mean, neither of them try. They barely get through the hour. You could tell none of them are entertained by each other. Maybe Eric Griffin. Eric Griffin, he, like, forgets. Eric Griffin can't pick up on... No, Eric Griffin's happy he's there. That's what energy you're getting. Eric Griffin's happy he's there because he was fighting for ages to be friends with everybody. Remember, like, he, you know, the original story is that he and, him and Bobby Lee were meant to do Bad Friends or that kind of podcast. But Bobby Lee kind of, you know, left him on red and essentially went and did the show with Andrew Santino instead because then it kind of came out through their back and forths that, you know, Eric Griffin's a little bit of a negative Nancy and isn't the greatest person to hang out with all the time. So Bobby Lee didn't really like the idea or the prospect of trying to do a show with him themselves, even though they were really good friends. By that time, Eric Griffin thought they were better friends than what they were. So he's always kind of been a little bit on his own with no real crew. Um, even though he was been on Rogan in the past, Rogan's not really a big friend of his. He never really had a click. So he's always kind of trying to find a little group to kind of hang out with. And he's been trying to get in with these guys for a long time. And now they've, you know, they kind of welcomed him in because they've got no other options. So he's really happy to be there. That's the energy that you get. The Chris Lear energy is obvious. Chris Lear, before he got cancelled, let's remember, he was on the cusp of becoming a quote-unquote movie star. 
he was posting videos of himself training in his fucking garage gym, working out a bunch, looking really, really buff, clearly kind of putting the work in. He was going to star in that fucking zombie movie that Tig Notaro replaced him in. And most likely he had other things in the works. He's probably not going to mention it because he doesn't want to cry. But he probably had other roles that were in the works. If that movie would have done well and he would have added to the box office, he would have ended up doing other shows also. Um, other movies that would have probably, probably been like, maybe TV series. And then it all went... Pew! the moment that first girl came out and alleged what she alleged about him so that's energy that you get from the golden hour it's them just realizing in real time that their careers have kind of stagnated and they're probably never going to get back to the place that they once were that's the energy that you see from these people in my humble opinion moving on we've got another kid to play here um this is a clip of <laughs> First of the final kids are ready to pick up you guys again of Brendan insisting on spilling the beans on the details of the fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger documentary. So if you guys are watching this now and you haven't watched the Arnold Schwarzenegger documentary yet and you want to watch it spoiler free, I recommend turning me on mute or clicking off the stream and coming back in about five minutes because Brendan's going to do his best to spoil the fucking um, documentary. Courtesy of this uh, little clip here I'm going to play for you. So yeah, so turn away if you don't want to be spoiled about the, you know, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger documentary on Netflix now. Turn away, turn away, turn away. We're going to play now. So then the day he's going to announce, he's going on Jay Leno. And Jay Leno assumed he was, you know, I don't want to know what they're going to talk about. I want to be surprised at the natural reaction. But we all assume. You're killing me right now because I want to see this stuff. But I'm saying he. he but I'm saying <laughs> Jay Leno has just like, assumed that. You give me all the turning points that I want to. see. Well, he I'm becomes not, governor, Brian. I know, but right? I, I want to see these. Can you not give me every the detail? Yeah, I'm on, I'm watching the documentary. Yeah, I mean, yeah he takes pleasure in this. Actually, that's the annoying thing about it. He actually takes pleasure in spoiling shows. That's something that used to be happen a lot when I used to first watch The Fire and the Kid. One of the kind of like running gags was Brendan doing this and it got really boring and really annoying very quickly it was a running joke at first right kind of the running joke was like you know Brian Callen dropping knowledge and he didn't know what he was talking about making up on the spot and a running gag with Brendan was that he would speak about some show he was watching and then just spoil the whole thing and it got tired really quickly especially when he mentioned a show that you were watching and it triggered you like, nah, don't you fucking dare do it. So he gets real pleasure in fucking spoiling shows for people because he runs to watch these shows because he's got so much fucking free time. <laughs> I, no, I'm sorry, I, I know this stuff. I know, but I want yeah. to see it. Yeah, the, the bottom line is we got to do a podcast and talk about stuff. So the bottom line Jesus. is he, be, he becomes... What a piece of shit. We got to do a podcast. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep talking about it. Like, fucking hell, Brendan. Trouble in paradise with these lovebirds, eh? governor spoiler alert, yeah. uh arnold Schwarzenegger became governor I know, but can you but not when go you, through that like, no, i know i know that. i'm not going to give any of that stuff yeah. out i know relax. the story i know relax we got a podcast dude but you're going so, through no, i'm not i'm dropping that detail brian no entire, i'm not uh, but he becomes governor yeah which we <laughs> the passive aggressive energy is interesting isn't it brian trying to stand up for himself and talk to him in a certain way but brendan just keeps steamrolling through this one must be like to speak to brendan in real life you try and tell him something and he just doesn't, 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 doesn't listen to you. <laughs> he just keeps steamrolling through. I think that's what people realize. That's what people don't realize that when they first get on the Fire and the Kids subreddit and they see all the guys on there quote unquote hating or discussing the podcast, they don't realize that the people on there, for the most part, have realized something that you haven't. That 
most likely in Brendan's life, he has people who have tried to pull him to one side and say, hey, stop doing this, stop doing that, you're annoying this. Like, they've tried it, and he just doesn't listen. So after a while, when somebody keeps doing that sort of stuff, you're like, you know what? Enough. You just leave like Chappelle. You know what I mean? You just leave. You just be like, you know what? I can't do this anymore. And you just keep it moving. Because you're a grown adult, you're not going to keep telling a grown adult how to change things. I think people don't figure that stuff out. And they think, oh, because you always see somebody posting, oh, you guys are mean. He can turn it around. It's like, not really, bruh. This guy's got two kids. He's in his 40s, married and stuff. Like, if he's never going to change now, he's never going to change ever. This is how he is. You all fucking know if you don't, run yourself into a wall so he becomes governor right and when he's governor he didn't realize what it entailed so passive aggressive he becomes governor right that bit was epic it's a little bickering they're having they clearly if if red bull was to say someone doesn't like each other and spend time with each other this is this is these two i don't believe these guys spend any time not even a 20 minutes with each other outside of this studio zero 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 they only meet and speak on this show which is, is what it is, but I'm sure in the past, you know, they would have jumped into their respective cars, went around the corner to get grab a donut, or went to a place to go get some fucking Chick-fil-A. They would have done a little dinner date thing or got a drink. Nowadays, I guarantee, I'm almost certain they don't spend a single minute with each other outside of that fucking T-Fat K fortress. I don't believe it. Let's look at the, let's look at the little passer again, the little spice again. Uh, the, the bottom line is we got to do a podcast and talk about stuff. So the bottom line is he, be, he becomes governor. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger became governor. I know, but can you but not when go you, through that? Like, no, I know. I know. That. I'm not going to give any of that stuff yeah. out. I know relax. the story. I know. Relax. We got a podcast to do, bud. But you're going so, through. No, I'm not. I'm dropping that detail, Brian. No, I'm not, but He becomes governor, yeah. which we all fucking know. If you don't, run yourself into a wall. So he becomes governor, right? And when he's governor, he didn't realize what it entailed. Oh, <laughs> they are not friends like they once were before, are they, bro? Fucking hell. A couple of rapes, you know, some rape scandals, some cancellations, some exposures can really put some damage between a friendship, mate. Fucking hell. Fucking hell. Fucking hell. But yeah, um, what can you do? What can you do? It kind of is what it is, isn't it? Is what it is. Um, okay, let's go on for that one. Um, we've got another clip here called The Ecstasy. The Ecstasy of Toe. I fucking love this again. Big up the fire nickel sub. This is going to be good. I've got been. This is going to be a fucking blast. Let's put this on the screen. It's called The Ecstasy of Toe. You can check out yourself there. You see the title and shit. Let's put this on the screen. Let's see what the vibe is saying. Morning, I go, I cannot listen to another podcast of you and anyone you've had at the club, the mothership. And how fun it is. <laughs> the abuse that they're giving him about not getting books is hilarious. I personally still think, though, unpopular opinion. I think if I'm Brendan, I'm going to feel a way that Rogan isn't booking me. I'm, I'm going to feel a bit entitled. You told me to do stand-up. You told me to quit the UFC. You gave me my career. You signal boosted me. You got me on Rogan more than anybody else has ever been on there individually. You are my friend. You booked me for your shows at the comedy store. You've seen my comedy. It shouldn't be a surprise to you that I'm terrible. You know I'm terrible, but you still backed me up. And now suddenly you got a club and you've gained a fucking conscious. Now you've got, a, now you've got some morals. Now you've got principles suddenly. 
But when you used to book me to play with you at the Ice House or at the Comedy Store at Laugh Factory, lived in LA, it was all fine. Now you've got a club, you finally got standards. If I'm Brendan, I'm going to be a little bit annoyed. I'm, I, I know it sounds redacted to say this, but I'm going to be a little bit annoyed. I'm going to feel a little bit entitled because up until this point, Rogan gave Brendan everything. Now suddenly he's pulling away the fucking the gifts. He's turning off the fucking Rogan juice faucet. The tap, whatever it may be. I'm a little bit annoyed. Turn that faucet back on, baby. Let me guzzle on some of that Joe Rogan juice. Come on. It makes me want to jump off a bridge. Yeah, because you want to go there and hang out like we used to. Yeah. So you never, nobody really. See? You see? Look at that clip. Look at that. Look at that picture. I'm sorry. That's some. That's the comedy store, right? That's Bill Burr, legit stand-up. Chris D'Elia, legit stand-up. Brian Callen, legit stand-up. Rogan, legit stand-up. Now, you can think some of them are terrible and some of them are bad, but these are all like 10-plus-year comics, all passed at the fucking store, I think, if I'm not mistaken, right? But still, regular people that sell a lot of places. Rogan was booking Brendan to open some of these shows with these fucking killers. And Brendan hasn't got... You know, Brendan hasn't magically got worse over time. He's always been terrible at stand-up. So why was it okay to book Rogan during this period of time, but now he's got his own club, he can't book him because he's not good enough? Why? Why? I'm actually going to fight for Brendan in this regard. I'm going to fight for him. He should be performing at the Comedy Mothership because he booked him there. Why can't he book him at the Comedy Mothership? Come on, man. Come on. Nobody really fucking. That was our light. That was our yeah. nightlife. You know, being in the in, in the hallways at the comedy store and the improv and the ice house and laugh factory. Where you know, hey, <laughs> was it Jan Jan Zian Jan? I've got how you pronounce it. Um, it's not Rogan's morals. He just doesn't want to be embarrassed. <laughs> That's even worse. He just doesn't want to be embarrassed. Like, is, is, is that your boy? Is that your boy? Like, do you know that guy? Like, well, one for this. Do you know him? <laughs> podcast tomorrow? Yeah, podcast tomorrow. Those days are gone. Oh, the parking lot of the comedy store. Gone. That's gone. When they get into this, I'm going to play another clip later on. When they get into this reminiscing mood, you know they're realizing that, you know, life is not as sweet as it once was. Whenever you see, I'll, my opinion is this, right? Really strange for you to put out here. Because I think, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm reading this wrong. But I've seen people online, I don't do it because I don't like getting people's business and stuff, but I think it's really important if you see people on your timeline, especially on Instagram, posting loads of throwback Thursday type pictures when it's not throwback Thursday, DM them, especially if you know them. Like, ask them how they are. Find out if they're okay. You know? Like, find out, check in with them. Because usually when people start reminiscing, especially when they're older, it's usually a sign that they're really unhappy with the current state of their life at the moment. And they're reminiscing back to a time when things were good, when things were worth living for and stuff. So check in with people because it's actually a sign that they're going through some really crazy internal turmoil. Now, I'm only saying this and I sound like a hypocrite because I don't actually check in with people because I don't really give a fuck. But if you have more friends than I do, I think you should. If you see any of your friends on timelines posting too much Throwback Thursday stuff, Definitely check in with them because it definitely is a sign that they're not happy with their current circumstances. Similar with this Brendan Schaub and Brian Callen stuff. Oh man, so, so, so sad. 
Things are definitely not the way they once were before. And like I said, they've got no one else to blame but themselves. You get a chance encounter in your life to stumble across somebody in your lifetime, in your adult age, that's willing to share the limelight with you. Somebody that's Rogan, that's bigger than life, one of the biggest personalities out there. You know, selfless in the kind of, you know, his ability to bring people in. And you fuck it all up. You only have yourself to blame, really. Only have yourself to blame. Zero sympathy from my book. Zero sympathy from my end or things. But again, what do I know? I'm sometimes a little bit redacted. Redacted. Anyway, moving on from that one. Let's play another clip here again. Kershaw sub. What's this called? It says, what's this behind the fryers over here? <laughs> this is supposed to be a good one. Let's see what this is saying. I think they're talking about that fight companion, 289 or what or whatever it is, right? Has gone. The one with Paulie Shore and Schmo. And the rumors are out there that it might do, it might have to do with that happy hippo company not being happy with um Paulie Shore mentioning how much he went to do coke <laughs> so that could be an issue but let's play this clip here and see what the deal is here goodbye 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 is it <laughs> yeah, two fights have, how much longer do i have to be Paulie's here like, <laughs> Paulie's like the main event snacks right i gotta it's 8 45 your set's at 10 30 yeah, we'll I bet you're out of here it. by 9.30. 9.30. Yeah. I got to take a quick piss break. Yeah. Also, who does it anyway? That's, a, that's the most... Am I, am I bad in thinking that's the most like... Well, not most, but it's kind of rude. It's lacking in manners. If you're meeting up with a friend, like it kind of makes you feel like you're like second choice, right? You're not the priority. When your friends kind of use you as a meeting buffer... Do you get what I mean? Like, they've got a spare two hours. You happen to be somewhere. I'm going to meet you for two and then go to the other thing I want to go to, actually. Like, no, just go to the thing you want to go to, but don't use me as a kind of, like, as a stopgap sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? It's a little bit weird. It's a very LA thing to do, right? Like, I'm going to be here. I'm only going to be here for 45 minutes. And then you spoil the whole flow of the show and then you live, leave halfway in between. And this guy is, you know, he's, he's a bit of a vibe, Paulie Shaw. He's quite expressive, bubbly, fun dude. He leaves. It's very obvious when he leaves. Yeah, big up Austin Casey. Appreciate $10, brother. You're right about him being on best behavior around Rogan. But Brenda is really good at winning over people when he wants to. He did it with Callan originally and also Theo. When he sees someone that can further his career. When well, he feels like he can chummy fast. You know, I agree with you. Big up um, Austin Casey. I, I agree with you. The only thing I'd push back on it a little bit is that... I think Brendan does that thing that, and again, I know people that did it before in my past because you know I've I've grown I've kind of had the displeasure of kind of growing up um, first within the sneaker community, being a sneakerhead for a very long time, collecting. And you know, at my peak, I had like over fucking two hundred fucking sneakers in my room, like an absolute weirdo, but hardly any clothes. I was one of those fucking losers. I'd buy all the clues sneakers in the world, but they have any clothes. Then I spent a lot of time in the streetwear world, working for brands, having brands, working in the stops, all that kind of shit. Then I moved into fashion. So I've had to experience some of the worst human beings ever to touch the face of the earth who are involved in sneakers, who are involved in streetwear, who are involved in fashion. In all of those industries, you'll meet people who do this thing where if somebody's above them, if somebody's more clouded up, if somebody's got more of a reputation, they will act so lovely. They're on good behavior all the time. 
because they know they can that person is beneficial for their career. Either that person works at a brand they want to work at, an agency, they've got a link, their brother and sister of this person. Like, they'll be on Best Savior at all times. I think Brenda's the same thing. He will never not act like a good person around Joe Rogan because Rogan's bigger than him and he's got more money than him. And one of the things that Brendan respects a lot is like money and success and stuff. So because Brendan Rogan's way, way more famous, way more likable, well, that's what like, he'll always kind of acquiesce and kind of, you know, kind of, you know, uh, defer to Rogan's kind of intellect. But over time, you've seen him kind of push back a little bit, but he's always going to have that, okay, Rogan's richer than me, Rogan's bigger than me, Rogan's richer than me, bigger than me and he's never going to overset the mark. So, I don't think Brendan does that to kind of win people over. He just does that because he only respects you if you have money and shit. That's my only opinion on that one. A little pushback there. I'll yeah, pick up you. I gotta take a piss right. too. Okay. Something. And then the other, everyone would be like, oh man, you don't do that. Is there anything well, like that? What do you guys think again? Let me see, let me see in the chat. Um, uh, what do you guys think? Because I'm, I've, I've got my doubts. I just think Paulie's a bit. He's like a child star, isn't it? He? He's not really developed as normal as everybody else. He's kind of, you know what? No, you know Paulie Shore is. Paulie Shore is like what a comedian's meant to be. He's like just wacky. He's really, he's genuinely wacky and crazy. He's not playing a role. That's actually what he's like. He's just not, you know, all the way there. Like that's just how he is. So I don't think it's coke personally for me. But I want to see what you guys think. Um, uh. Did Paulie Shaw did Paulie Shaw go did Paulie Shaw leave to did Paulie Shaw leave to do a line? Did Paulie Shaw leave to do a line? What do what do you guys think? I'm curious because I don't think he did. I just think he just wanders around and he's just crazy. What do you guys think? I think he's just wandering, doing his thing, being crazy. What do you guys think? What do you guys think? What do you guys think? Did you think he did a line or not? <clears throat> What's the poll saying here? Yes, so far, no. Actually, <laughs> always gets the most results. He never answered the question. Just ask Jay. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Good Robot's got a good point there. I like a lot of Paulie's movies. True. Uh, me too. But I don't think he's the kind of guy I'd want to spend a lot of time with in real life for sure. He's be the worst person to go to a bar with, restaurant. He's a lot to deal with. Or just walk around. Do you know what I mean? He just will, he, he'll start wandering, touching people, talking to strangers and shit. He's not the best hang. I definitely think you're right there. So, okay. Most of you guys think he did go off to do a line. Okay. Fair play. I don't think so. I just think he just wandered off because he's just a psycho. But hey, let's go. Isn't he sober now? Ha <laughs> ha Bro, Richard Williams, people in LA are never sober un unless they actually are sober. And the ones that are sober are the ones that actually go to fucking, you know, meetings and shit. The ones that just quit stuff cold turkey themselves is always LA sober. Oh, I'm sober, but I have wine on the weekends with my wife. Like, it's like, bro, what? Like, <laughs> they're never sober, these guys. I pokes for sure. That's one. I poke, but those happen on accident. Yeah, if you do it purposely, that's messed okay. up. Okay, yeah. so you stay with those... shots purposely. That's messed up too. Yeah, oh, that's the oh, well, I mean, that... is that the same pizza that Eric was eating? So they didn't even eat it. Brendan bought one pizza to share for everybody, and then Paulie gives the fucking pizza to the dog. <laughs> Eric 
was hungry. No wonder he was hungry. <laughs> oh, Paulie, man. What are you doing? <laughs> like, one pizza, and then he gives it to the fucking dog. <sighs> Dog's probably going to be shitting himself the whole day as well. That's in anything. Yeah, uh, we yeah. get to, you know. Yeah, but there's, I don't, like, I don't know, it's yeah. tough. I don't know. Pizza. That can't be good, but hell yeah, dude. <laughs> He's not, he's not shit hey, big up, Dio. They definitely did. Eddie Griffin, the type of guy to get sold salt, then sniff it all night and kiss a bloke and blame the drugs. Big up, Dio. Appreciate you. You know why I remember that? You know why I'm laughing? Last time I went to LA, that time I went to see all these comedians and stuff, the only time, uh, first and last time, um... I was with a group. Oh, I went and stayed at the Ge the Generator Hotel. The sorry, the Generator Hostel in fucking Hollywood somewhere, right? I don't know. I think I think it was. I don't know what area it was. But if you know about hostels in LA, you'll know about it. Fucking run down and fucked up, but it was a good time. Good little crew there. There was a group of Australian dudes, right? And if you know anything about Australian dudes, they love to fucking party. Good vibes. So we go out on a night out before I think we went to go to Laugh Factory. We're going out. And they want to go pick up. They want to get some drugs. They want to get some class A yayo, right? So they want to go get some yayo. And obviously, we, we don't know where we are, innit? We're just in fucking LA walking around. And I guess we end up going to like a seedy part of LA where there's loads of pimps and stuff around. And these fucking Australians just equate, oh, black guy with a fucking pimp outfit and a cane. He's going to be selling some coke. So they go over to this random dude on the corner of the street. <laughs> I leave them go like this is sketchy. I leave them to go do their thing. I think I'm eating some hot wings as they go in to go buy their whatever. And they go to this random guy, this black guy in the street. He's wearing like a purple suit. And they just ask him if he's got coke to sell. <laughs> he must have looked at them like, wow, this is going to be the easiest lick of my life. So he says, yeah, wait here one minute. So he disappears around the corner. He comes back after like 20 minutes and he gives them coke. And they pay him the money. They feel like two hundred dollars, whatever they give him the money. And luckily, we didn't get too far. We like walked around the corner, and obviously, Australians are like fucking British people. They they just take take out the bag and want to fucking sample it right there. He takes takes a key of it and sniffs it, and instantly he realizes that it's the chalk that you get from like um uh playing pool. I guess he recognized the, the taste of it. I don't know what they taste like or what it sniffed like. He recognized that it's the fucking, the chalk that you get to, you know, sharpen your fucking, or whatever, your porky, your porky, whatever the chalk is called. And then he runs after the guy and then they start threatening him to beat him up and shit and then they get the money back, which is lucky because usually pimps have fucking guns or knives on them, but they got their money back. So it makes me laugh when I hear that because I remember that fucking instance of these guys trying to buy coke from a random pimp. <laughs> And it didn't end well for them. <laughs> they got sold fucking chalk. It was absolutely incredible. Anyway, let's go back to this. Yeah, of course he likes dog, it. Bro. He's a dog. He's gonna he's gonna vomit all over your car. Hey man, I want some pizza. Um, um yeah, it's very strange. It's very right? strange. That's I never trusted it. I didn't feel comfortable. I didn't know enough about it. And there's a lot of people that made bank and got out early. Wow. Yeah, tons really? of people. Bank. Wow. Smart. <laughs> okay, this this kind of feels like when somebody's taking their first line and they're just like absorbing the environment. This kind of feels a little bit druggy. 
it's I know it's edited in a way to make it look a little bit more druggy, but this feels a little bit druggy. The kind of gaps in the answers. Like Brendan's all like alert and on it and stuff. And look at Schmo's face. <laughs> you look at the guys who just hit something, no? It feels a little bit druggy, to be fair. Maybe I believe maybe I believe them to be fair. No, I believe the fucking person made a video. Maybe they did go and do a line. Oh, no. I never trust it. I didn't feel comfortable. Uh oh, wipe the nose. And there's uh -oh. a lot of people that made bank and got out early. Wow. Yeah, tons Real. of people. Really? Bank. Wow. Oh, he's doing that little smart mouth water thing. Do don't get me wrong. Doing drugs and just drinking water is fucking psychotic shit. If he gets that kind of level, he just probably quit everything. If you're just doing drugs and drinking fucking cold water, like <laughs> you are a fucking psycho. Here we go. It's just so hard, hard to root against this guy. He's such a good dude. Yeah, dude. And he's way closer <laughs> to heaven than any of us. So. Yeah. Him and Tim Tebow. It's weird in the comparison to the last guy how this Dude, guy Tim has Tebow zero. Tim Tebow was the most extreme. he go down on one knee and everything like that. Uh, Darius is right up there. What the fuck is going on here? Look at this. Hold on. I'll, I'll, go, I'll go get a child away. Look what Paulie Shaw's doing. Look what Paulie Shaw's doing to his nose. Okay, I think I believe the thing of like the, the coke conversation now. Look what he's doing to his nose. Like, who does this? <laughs> look at him. Look, look, look at this. He go down on one knee and everything like that. <laughs> Darius is right up. <laughs> he's digging for gold or looking for some crumbs to some rub on his gums or something. What's happening here? There, look at him, man. You notice how this guy has zero booty compared to the other guy? Oh, you know what? He, he might have, actually, to be fair to Paulie. He might have that thing that some druggies have where if you do drugs for a long time, you just have little ticks that look like you're a caner, look like you're a druggie, but you're not. It's like residual effects of like doing too much gear. You always have these little ticks that you do that make you look like you're on something, but you're not. So maybe he has that sort of thing. He has a kind of, you know, the, the fucking, the, the, he's got, he has permanent drug shivers or something. You know what I mean? Like this booty, like somebody, Why are you looking like at somebody, his ass, bro? Because you didn't see the I last guy. His ass was just. I go to his house. We play board juicy. games and shit with his team, and oh, he sick. makes coffee and brings you're, help. And you're rooting against him, you piece of shit. No, I'm not rooting against Benil. <laughs> I like Charles too. Yeah, it just sucks. Yeah, man. This, yeah he's, he's he's got a smile of a face of somebody who had a good bit of perico. <laughs> Shmo's enjoying. He's like, bro, man, I should come in more often. I watch the fights for free. I get to drink. And I get a couple of lines with Paulie, man. Fuck. It's pretty good, dude. <laughs> <He's like> <laughs> <laughs> okay, I might buy the theory that they're all on fucking drugs. I might buy the theory. To be fair, you might need to be on drugs to sit down with those guys. <sighs> anyway. Moving on from that one. Um... Cool, 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 cool. What's this? Okay, we're going to play. What's it? Oh, yeah. This is allegedly. This is what's his title? The infamous Happy Hippo Blow ad read from the delighted, the delighted deleted episode. So, um, let me end the fucking poll. What are you guys saying here? Did Paulie Shaw leave to do a line? 59% said yes. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> Everyone here is an adult. Everyone here has seen those things before. They know what happens when adults leave together to all go to the toilet at the same time. Either it's a group of women all bickering and gossiping about you, or it's a group of dudes putting stuff up each other's bums. Usually is the case. So I think I'm going to end the poll there, and I'm going to agree with everybody that said what they said. Um, so we move. We fucking move. Why isn't this fucking thing working here, by the way? Let's see here. Uh, ba -da -ba -da -ba -da -ba. Um, 
Is that working there? Yeah, okay, it's working back to normal. Cool. Let's do this, okay. So the title of this video now is The Infamous Happy Hippo Hip Blow Hip Hip Hippo Blow Ad Read from Deleted Episode. So the theory goes on is a theory. At the moment, if you go on the Fit Boy channel, the fight companion that Paulie Shaw's on has been deleted. It's not there anymore. Now it could be because Chin is editing the bits out of Paulie Shaw saying what he said, or it could be what people are saying that one of the main sponsors of Thick Boy overall, I think that they spend pretty penny because he's always shouting them out. Happy Hippo, that CBD company, they weren't too happy with their name being associated with cocaine because in the midst of them talking, Brendan tried to be clever and do like a little ad read and then Paulie stepped all over it by mentioning how much he wants to do coke. Every, even a jokey way or, you know, being serious, clearly he got back to the Happy Hippo guys and they weren't happy. And um, with them being the main, you know, uh, sponsors there uh, they said take the show down and brendan agreed so that's the theory that's going around at the moment that's why 289 episode is currently down so let's clip play this clip here and see what the vibe is on this one hey chin ah, make sure chin Dude, make sure he doesn't finishes chin make sure he doesn't cut to me when i'm yawning please <laughs> all right we'll try our too best. late it was live by the way yeah, i know but just already he's doing a switcher he just don't cut to me it's, a it's already been a that's casey though. yeah well, if casey. you need that nice right. warm balance good mood feeling there you uh, go paul you need a uh, happy hippo I, need a, I line a line of coke dude <laughs> He just stepped all over it. He got Chin to queue up the graphic and shit. Time it well. <laughs> and he just said, I need some coke. I need some heroin. <laughs> Let's do that again. That was so good. Finishes. Chin, make sure he doesn't cut to me when I'm yawning, please. All right, we'll, we'll try our too best. Late. It was live, by the way. Yeah, I know, but just, already he's doing a switcher. He just don't cut to me. It's, a it's already been a That's Casey. Though. Yeah, I guess well, If Casey. you need that nice, right. warm, balanced, good mood feeling, there you uh, go. Paul, you need a happy hippo cradle. I like a, a line of coke, dude. <laughs> I need a line of coke, dude. I don't need no fucking CBD. Do you know what I mean? I don't believe in that shit. I need some coke. <laughs> No, no, we don't do that. What's about going on? You no. bunch of pussies. No, coke. We need kratom, dude. We need happy hippo kratom. It's the only right, product that commercial. I use personally. Oh, use it for podcasts. Stand you up. Wait, you gotta Polly. cut that part out. No, you're good, man. We're live, live, right? <laughs> so Shit. it's all good, dude. <laughs> the passive aggressive Brendan came out. I, you people have to be careful about Brendan. He's still a fucking trained fighter. He's still a trained killer. You can kill people with your bare hands. So people need to be very careful with him. Don't push him too far because he may fucking Chris Benoit that entire fucking room. Because that little flash of rage that came over him was crazy. We're live though, right? Right? No, <laughs> no coke. We need Kratom, dude. Commercial we need Happy Hippo Kratom. It's the only product that I use personally. Oh, use it for podcasts. Stand up. Wait, you got to cut that part out. No, you're good, man. We're live, live, right? <laughs> One so more time. All good. Has stand you up wait, you got to cut that part out. No, you're good, man. We're live, live, right? So <laughs> We're live, right? You want to die, right? <laughs> it's all good, dude. It's the best. Gives that nice balance, good It's also feeling. Saturday night. People usually do coke on Saturday. You're right, dude, but I, I suggest coke. Happy Hippo. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's as good, but it's a different thing, right? Uh, I, I would the never... <laughs> Paulie is interrupting Brendan the same way he interrupts everybody else. I don't mean to interrupt. I've got to actually find a clip of him interrupting. 
the compilation. I'm going to play this after. Oh my God, man. Paulie Shaw's interrupting Brendan the same way he interrupts everybody else. He's finally getting some medicine. He's finally getting a bit of karma in this regard. He's finally seeing what it feels like when somebody doesn't let him finish a thought <laughs> or a sentence. <laughs> I fucking love it. Oh my God, man. This is so fucking good. Concentrate shots, the butterscotch or sour apple. They have gummy powders. They got the shots for you. If you're in trust, great. They got trust Chinese ginseng. HappyHippo.com, promo code STICK23 for 20% off. Chinese, he called Happy Hippo Chinese ginseng. <laughs> Yo, this for guy. Life. That's HappyHippo.com, STICK23. With plum Main sauce. Main event's coming up. And some plum, plum sauce. sauce. Oh, I like plum sauce. Yeah, and with you put Wong it, What's going but also, on? But also for those, for those studios, too. <laughs> It, it's a tough situation for the studios too. Right? Seems like you've never seen a fight in your I'm entire take life. For the blow, here you go. <laughs> oh, here we go. You know what's funny though? I find interesting about these guys. Paulie's a bit cringe, and a little bit of a loser, whatever. But let's be real. He's also a legit comedian. That's how comics are meant to be. Like they're just crazy, right? They're not. They're not like. They're just meant to be a little bit like weird because essentially you're playing a fucking clown on stage every day, right? You're not going to be the most well-adjusted person in the world. So that, that's how you should be acting. That's, that's what comedian energy should be like. But they can't even handle it. Look, they're all like laughing awkwardly. They're all kind of tensed up because, you know, they don't really hang around with actual comedians, you know? It's kind of like they're all kind of, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? I know he comes from a rich background and he's a bit of a trust fund kid and shit. Nepo baby, I get it. But Paulie also has a little bit of like, you know, randomness about him. Like, you know, like comedic energy and shit. And they just can't handle it. They don't know what to do. They're all looking away awkwardly and shit. I want to do a line right here. And then... <laughs> like at EDC. <laughs> I want to do a line right here. Honestly, man, absolutely incredible. Paulie made Brendan Shrew lo lose a sponsor, maybe. May make him have to delete an episode. And it's funny because I think this was probably the best show they did in a while. Um, looking at the clips, it looked like a good time. Like, Paulie actually made it fun. He didn't fucking give a fuck. He was, you know, fucking around, busting each other's balls. And he it probably was fun to watch live. I, I bet the stream chat was fucking popping. Um, you know, while they were doing the show. It was actually pretty funny to maybe watch the show and be in the stream chat at the same time. And he has to take it down. Like the actual best show that he's done in a while on Fight Companion, the vibes were immaculate. They actually all kind of got on really well. Um, so it was a shame Paulie had to leave halfway through. And now he had to kind of take it down. Absolutely crazy, man. Um, but yeah. Childhood, <laughs> happy hippo, Chinese ginseng. <laughs> Oh, disrespect is crazy. <laughs> he completely stepped all over that ad read. He didn't give a fuck. He's like, nah, man, we're not doing that ad read around here, man. Fuck, fuck off with that shit. Oh, fucking legend is Paulie, man. Um. Oh, let's talk about this actually. Let's talk about this. Uh, let's talk about this. Yeah, let's talk about this. Talk about this. Um. Oh, exactly. Yeah, true. Paulie is the only reason we're watching clips of this now. Exactly, exactly. The best part of the show, you had to fucking delete it. Like, oh, so annoying. Um, you know, whatever. But, you know, that's what happens when you're kind of beholden to the fucking um, sponsors. So let's move on and let's see this clip. This clip, I feel like, demonstrates to me 
that Brendan, apart from the food, I said my rant about the food thing, right? Brendan seems to be the one of the weirdos in the world that seems to have a thing for Latina women, but doesn't seem to give a fuck about their culture. Doesn't want to learn Spanish, doesn't really care about the food, actually hates the food, actively goes out of his way not to eat the food that he's his wife cooks and his mother-in-law cooks um and just generally kind of does his own thing right really really strange but it may speak to an over you know an underlying issue of him just being the most uncurious person in the world like he just has no real curiosity outside of podcasting and what he does daily nothing um to the point where this little clip here i'm going to play for you is a really good example because he mentions how one fc wanted to fucking <laughs> fly him over to Singapore to commentate and he had absolutely no interest in going. Zero interest in going to Singapore. Probably all expenses paid and shit. You know, talking about the fights, hanging out, getting a chance to visit gyms, do some content, eat some great food. No no interest in the, in the slightest. Let's play the clip here where he kind of mentions that, you know, the offer was there and he didn't take it. Absolutely crazy. Let's play the clip now. The, the thieves suck. That's why I like Turkey. Cut her hand off. But see if she steals again. Not Turkey, but yeah, Saudi Arabia. Yeah. And Turkey. I don't think so. Pretty sure. No. Bring it up. Bring it up. I remember Singapore. I remember if you like spit oh, or something, they cane you. Singapore, something crazy you like that. Yeah. I know. That's what one championship. You were dealing with drugs. You got hung. Dude, one championship was asking me to commentate in Singapore. I'm like, mm. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. Be, you know, be I know it's very clean, but it's like. Wait, I can't pee outside? How about the best food in the world? You're going to love it. You I know, but it. if I fart on the bus, am I going to jail? Probably. No Strict gum. rules. You don't want your chewing gum or wearing your hair long. I Lee Kuan Yew. He was a benevolent dictator. He's still there? Nope. He died. As, I think his son's running the, the show. And is he the same? Can I, do I have to cut he my was, hair? Lee Kuan Yew goes down as one of the great figures of certainly political history in some ways. But you can't have long hair, big dick? I'm screwed, dude. Nah, he was like, no, nah, I'm screwed. These no big dick? Chewing gum dude, no hair. big dick, Brian? And if there was a homeless guy in Singapore, they were Confucian. It was Chinese. It was Confucius. Like, the harmony, clean, orderly. I mean, it was an incredible Chin, place. Chin, can you look if you have a big dick in uh, Singapore? <laughs> I think I think. Because if I'm going to jail dick. for that, lock me up. You might Am be I right? Have a big dick. You might be able But, but, uh, yeah. Oh, Let's just, just do it for fun. Average size. Pe oh, no. Right. Is it true that Singaporean may have short penises? Not totally true. Written by a Singaporean dude. <laughs> the human penis length is about five inches on average. Well, I'm crushing everybody. Yeah. Dude, I'm, I'm Godzilla in Singapore, <laughs> daddy. Right? All right, what do you got, Jim? So somehow that conversation always, every conversation they have always results in them talking about dicks. It's just standard protocol for these guys. But it's absolutely crazy if that's true. If we believe Brendan's story to be true, that he got offered to go to fucking, you know, Singapore, courtesy of one championship, and do some fights and shit and commentate, and he didn't want to do it. <laughs> because he has no interest in going there. The flight's too long. He doesn't like the food or something. Like, this guy is so bizarre. But again, it maybe explains why he doesn't really like Mexican food and shit. That might be interesting. It might not, it might not have to do with him not being, you know, just just not being curious. And kind of liking what he likes, right? Little Caesars, um, food trucks and stuff. That's about it. But good home-cooked Mexican food? He's like, eh. <laughs> that looks like intestines. Uh, the chicken's got bones in it. <laughs> He's fucking insane. <laughs> Honestly, the guy's absolutely insane.
Um, but yeah, you got to believe him first of the story. So if you don't believe him, I'm sure it's different. But I kind of do believe him. Um, let's talk about this clip. This clip is fucking wild, right? I'm somebody that kind of, I take a lot of credit. Or I take a lot of, not credit. I take a lot of, um, uh, what's that credit? Is that a lot of credit? It's important to me to be very honest with myself. It's important to me, right? To not be, to not gas myself up. To be extremely honest with myself. Look myself in the mirror and kind of own up to my mistakes, own up to my shortcomings and try and do better. I want to do that to myself to have somebody else tell me, right? Um, and I'm also somebody that's very much um, believes in the doctrine of extreme ownership. Big up Jocko Wilnick, right? He's got a book about it. And it's a bit waffy and stuff, but essentially you accept everything that happens in your life as something that you can change. Every response, responsibility is always on you. Because if you put it to outside sources, out, external sources, it's harder to manage. Even if it is somebody else's fault, it's harder to fix that person than it is to fix and correct yourself. Cool, right? That's the kind of thing that kind of go on. But it's a bit weird, whatever, everyone has their thing. <clears throat> so in this particular clip, Brian Callan admits that he's had, he's been a bit, he's been a bit of a funk. He's been feeling a little bit down because he's been upset that he's not currently selling out theatres and touring the world and doing all this big stuff that people within his maybe peer group are also doing. And it kind of makes him upset. And Brendan also is upset that Brian isn't doing that and it makes him upset to a point where he maybe wants to cry. And the thing that's really funny about this clip is that at no point do either people, either guys, say aloud that maybe their own actions have led to the fact that they aren't where they want to be in their career. They don't ever mention it. It's just, oh, I'm annoyed, I'm pissed off, and it's all these external factors that got me here. But I did nothing wrong to get me in this position. It's really insane. Let me play the clip here so you know what I'm talking about. But it's ridiculous, the lack of fucking self-awareness. It's absolutely shocking. My, if you go my, off odds, it's going to hurt your feelings. My wife put it in perspective for me. I was complaining about, you know... Uh, not having big black dick just i was just complaining about uh i wasn't complaining but i was a little bit bummed out about uh not selling theaters or you know some some of my friends are selling lots of tickets and i was like you know but but i'd sold out that night and you can go down that route and when she goes like this, she, goes, she said to me she goes hey brian somebody took a picture with you tonight and when they walked away they went like that they pumped their fist there's a guy but yeah yeah but but it's like be a little she goes that's tough be, be, be thankful for that and that's a big deal and i never do that and i never that's do a, I that's, never that's almost impossible I have a huge to do problem with it, that's man. almost impossible to do it's like if you're a navy seal and you're in the middle of war and you're like dude we're some badasses no. and they're like what no this no. is what we do dude yeah. Yeah, of the yeah, bullets yeah. flying who gives a fuck that's what yeah. we that's we're used to this wow so it's, it is a extreme example with the navy seals but it's just a high I, I need example. to be more grateful and i need to be i need to be more thankful for where i'm at i mean and i, I try to practice you should be in theaters though you like you talk to any comic you're 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 a monster you're the one that taught me stand up but i'm yeah. super grateful for that the, out of everyone you know no one gives you the credit you deserve we've been over this yeah, like you're the reason i have i, I can afford private school for my kids for doing wow. stand-up you wow. know that's all that's all brian count no. you're the one that pushed me you should be a theater act you know and i have anger towards people for it that you're not i'll be i'll figure it out 
I'll figure it out. I'm not there yet. You should be there. Mm. And it bothers me you're not. Mm. <laughs> you see how angry he got at the end? He got choked up wanting to cry. His wife has a miscarriage, doesn't shed a tear, doesn't run back home. Crystalia gets exposed as a diddler, sobs on screen. People are thanking him for doing a comedy special, bogey dripping out of his nose, sobbing on screen. Thinking about Bre Bre Brian selling out theatres, he nearly wants to cry. The guy's a psychopath, sociopath maybe, really on that level. Legitimately the things he cries about and gets emotional about. His friend not being able to fucking sell out theatres for, let's think why. Hmm, maybe it's the rapes. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's a sexual assaults that you never addressed and the thing that's really annoying about this whole thing right is this both of these guys i've looked at it similar to like i'm watching a clips of like wings of redemption going down a dark path and essentially going on his pity streams and basically saying he's never going to change and asking for money and shit and DSP doing the same thing, grifting, asking, begging for money, and just being horrible streamers, horrible content creators. I'm feeling myself, I look at these guys, I feel myself like, how are they still alive? Like, how are they still doing this as a job? Like, how do people, why are people still tuning into this shit? And I realized, oh, I forgot. These guys were the first ones in. So even my views that I'm giving them, even if I'm not watching their content, I'm watching other content that takes the piss out of them, you're still contributing to the kind of economy of them kind of being around and shit. So I think these guys, what they don't realize is that they were first in. They got like, you know, they got kind of first in advantage, whatever that term is. And they didn't take advantage of it. They squandered it. They were kind of first on the whole podcast wave. They were part of the first batch of Rogan friends to appear on these podcasts all the time. They were the first batch of people to have the podcast and then segue off to doing stand-up and using the podcast to sell more tickets thing. They were the first around. So they kind of got a lot of kind of first in advantage. But then when more competition came around, when it required a little bit more quality, a bit more invention, a little bit more creativity, they couldn't rise to the challenge. And then, of course, outside of that, they had their own issues in their personal life that was negatively affecting how they were perceived, who went to be in business with them. And obviously, it led to the point where it negatively affected them overall, to the point where now it's obvious to see that all of the bad press they've had over the years has now led to them having real life consequences in terms of affecting their ticket sales and shit. Because people don't give a fuck about them anymore because of the stuff that's been said about them in the press and the stuff that they maybe have been accused of. And in Brian's case specifically, he got accused of rape and sexual assault and shit. I'm sorry, but if I didn't do something like that, I'm fighting tooth and nail, especially if you're Brian Callan. Brian Callan, if you're, if you're paid attention, you'd know he made it really, really late, really, really late in his career. It, it kind of helped he had rich parents to kind of help him. But he had had to really struggle to make it where he's at, you know? He kind of took a long time to write, finally crack in the acting, to finally crack and stand up and start selling tickets. For the longest time, Brandon, Brendan was selling more than him, even though he started off very, very slow. Sorry, even though he started off, um, you know, um, way after Brian did. So Brian had to work quite hard to get his position. If that's the case, 
and I had to work as hard as Brian did. You finally get your your kind of your your time in the light when you're in your fifties. You get a series um, on Schooled. You get a little spin-off with um, with the other thing that he did. No, Goldberg is a show, and then the, the spin-off was Schooled. You finally get a Batman cameo thing. Like things are looking on the up and up, and then someone comes and says that you raped them and you didn't do it. If that's me, I'm fighting tooth and nail. I'm not giving up without a fight. I'm putting out evidence. I'm going on podcasts. I'm saying my piece. He did none of that. Brian offered no explanation. No explanation as to why that woman said what she said. No counter-narrative. No nothing. He just tried to, you know, keep quiet, not say nothing and let it kind of move on. And then you're wondering why you're not able to sell tickets. You're wondering why you're not able to fucking sell out theatres and shit and get other shows. It's because most likely you didn't say shit because you know you're guilty. And people know as well, so they don't want to come and tune in with you. That's why they're not buying out your fucking shows. They're not, you know, you're not getting theatre gigs and shit because you're bad for business. No one wants to book a rapist, unfortunately. Chris is even having a hard time doing it. And he sells. That's the thing with Chris D'Elia. Chris Lee is having a hard time booking some shows and he actually sells tickets regardless of his numerous fucking allegations of the sick shit that he does. So imagine if you're Brian Cannon who's always struggled to sell tickets naturally. So that lack of acknowledgement of that is fucking dizzying. But the really crazy part is Brian, Brendan at the end. Brendan at the end kind of admitting that he knows why. No, he understands he doesn't sell tickets but he's going to help Brian sell them. Or help Brian should be like, what? Let's go back to that bit again. That was really bizarre what he said towards the end. There was a bit where he kind of said, hey, you should be said ticket. It makes me angry. Let's go here. Let's go. I think somewhere around here. I felt like a failure when I got to the UFC because I was oh, in King no, Alaska. Too bad, too bad, too bad, too bad. Sure, then that's my... I think it's around here. You like you talk any comic, you're 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 a monster. You're the one that taught me stand up, and I'm yeah. super grateful for that. The, out of everyone, you know, no one gives you the credit you deserve. We've been over this, and also he doesn't give you enough credit you deserve. Brendan puts more. Uh, Brendan talks about Rogan more than he does about Brian, even though Brian gave me his career. He downplays Brian actually. He actually mocks Brendan Brian in public. Says he can't sell tickets. Says no one listens to his podcast. Blah blah blah. He actually gives Rogan the respect he should be giving Brian because without Brian, Brendan would be in some fucking kickboxing gym somewhere, like he says to Dana White. You know what I mean? He'd be having to do that shit, which he obviously hates to do. Brian actually was the one that was responsible for giving him his career, but he always gives Rogan his flowers and sucks off Rogan more. Yeah, like you're the reason I have, I, I can afford private school for my kids for doing wow. stand-up you wow. know that's all that's all brian count nah. you're the one that pushed me you should be a theater act you know and i have anger towards people for it that you're not imagine that imagine being so deluded and lacking self-awareness and being so wrapped in your own fucking ego that you think it's other people's fault that you didn't get a chance to be a theater act who's you think it's the fault of the accusers so you're victim blaming now you're saying that you don't believe them what makes you believe, I would like to know what makes him believe that Brian didn't do what he's been accused of and why that would make you angry. Because if, if it's me and I didn't do it, I'm going to fight for it. I'm going to fight to save my career. They can say what they want, the accusers, but I'm going to make sure that I fight for it and let it be known that I didn't do what they said because I don't want people to think that of me. Do you know what I mean? I care about my reputation type of thing. But they didn't. Why was that?
not. I'll be. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. I'm not there yet. You should be ah, there. Ah, you it see that? You hear that? You hear that? You hear that? He said, I'm not there yet. That's Brendan kind of admitting, kind of admitting in his own weird redacted way that he's not a theater actor. Maybe that whole... Um, what's Talk that about black dicks. Maybe that it. whole... Um, <laughs> Thank you. For uh, that. Maybe yeah, that I'll, whole yeah. um, cancelled gig in the UK finally humbled Brendan. Maybe he's realizing again. I think he's dumb anyway. He should have done it. No, I don't know who advised him to book out two thousand capacity fucking arenas. I'm sorry, theaters in the UK when you can't sell out comedy clubs. It doesn't make any sense to me. It's honestly the most idiotic thing I've ever heard in my entire life. But this might be finally him admitting. Yeah, I'm not there yet, but you should be. Talk about you. black dicks. We're starting Let's say one more time. Get towards people for it that you're not. I'll be. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. I'm not there yet. And how will he figure it out, really? How does Brendan figure out a way to become a theatre act? Hmm. I think you have to get good at what you do. <laughs> I think these guys all are looking for hacks. They're looking for viral clips of them laughing like ah, all that shit, right? That's that's how they want to get famous. They want to sell tickets from doing that. But actually, I feel like if these guys focused way more. And actually being funnier, putting together better bits, filming better content, and then putting that shit out, that could actually help them sell more tickets, in my opinion. It's a crazy, crazy thing to go about. But actually, if they focused on actually being funnier, stand-up comedians, it could actually benefit them, especially Brendan. If Brenda could turn it around and actually put together some decent bits, like he puts out a little five-minute, ten-minute flipping content piece of him on different stages doing different bits a little compilation wax it out there says nothing about it and it does numbers that could actually improve his ticket sales demonstrably more than him talking about fucking covid or the election or whatever that could actually work better but again it takes work to sit down write your jokes hire somebody pay them go over it rehearse it all the stuff that he doesn't want to do just wants to kind of wing it and shit but if he actually wants to become a theater act, the only way he's going to do it is if he becomes funnier. Because at this moment, I think the kind of, I think the good, he doesn't have goodwill. I feel like a lot of people, there's that clip I played of you, of, sorry, was that, can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, sorry. There's a clip I played earlier of um, Theo Vaughn at, Theo Vaughn, I keep saying Vaughn, Theo Vaughn at a theater, right? And it's sold out. And I feel like a lot of guys, some stand-up comedians, I don't know if you guys agree with me, I think some of them sell tickets on just likability. I think Theo Vaughn's a good example because his specials aren't that great, but he's incredibly funny on podcasts. So I think a lot of people just want to see him and be in his presence. So they buy tickets just to go see him, even though they don't, you know, the show might not be the greatest. They want to just support him and maybe meet him, get a chance to sign, get a picture, whatever. But I don't think Brendan has that. Brendan isn't likable. So if he's not likable and people don't want to root for him, he has to get them with jokes. He has to be funnier. He has to be funny and hope that the comeback story can sell it. Like the kind of, oh, the redemption arc in a, in a weird way. But he's not going to sell tickets being a theatre act on likability. Like how Bert does. I imagine Bert does the same thing. Bert definitely gets people to come and see him perform because people just like to be in his presence. Um, but Brendan doesn't have that thing. I don't think so. But yeah, it's just funny that 
Brian Callen doesn't understand that getting accused of rape can demonstrably hurt your ability to sell tickets <laughs> especially to get booked for theaters and stuff because that's to do with like live nation ticket master with malarkey and they don't want to get cancelled too they hate bad press the fact that he doesn't realize that is absolutely crazy to me he legitimately just thinks you know it's it's these other forces <laughs> at play it's like you're not that important bro you're just bad for business no one wants to book you and then have people picketing outside or you know fucking sending a million emails to get you taken off of it it's too much hassle so they'd rather just kind of you know not book you at all and kind of keep it moving that always what they want to do but for some reason that guy doesn't really figure it out doesn't really know for some reason it's fucking weird man it's absolutely weird and redacted anyways i'm gonna have to leave you guys for a bit i have to go to the fucking um i've got a little appointment with the with the doctors i've got to do my asthma fucking review I have to get a new asthma pump because as some of you can tell i'm keep clicking the back of my throat my allergies are fucking acting up unfortunately because it's really warm out here in europe so i have to in in, in europe so i have to in europe europe <laughs> as brendan says <laughs> europe so i'm gonna go to the doctors quickly and get back and then when i come back i'll reach i'll carry on streaming so um meet me back here in about half an hour, um, I'll be back here, hopefully half an hour, won't be too long. Um, and then we can continue on. We can continue on as well. But yeah, allergies are, are going for me, so pray for me. I, I don't want to be one of those guys that pops into a GP and then I don't come back out again. So pray for me, right? I don't want to stick something up my nose that I don't come back out again. I'm just like, and I'm on a fucking t-shirt like. You know what I mean? I don't want to be airbrushed with a t-shirt, so pray for me. <laughs> it's a routine test, so pray for me. <laughs> I don't want to end up on a fucking t-shirt somewhere, like on a GoFundMe or something. Nah, I don't want that. I don't want that life. So pray for me. But yeah, I'll be back in about half an hour. Um, thanks again for tuning in, regardless anyway. Um, like the stream. Make sure you like it. Be back here very, very soon. Uh, peace out to the chat. And I'll be back hopefully in about half an hour. But take care for now.